Hey everybody, it is another month and just another fantastic episode of the Out of Place podcast. Now I know I'm not Steven, that's because he's buried in my backyard right now. We have him held hostage in our backyard under some dirt, so if you'll want him, that'll be about a million dollars. But other than that, welcome to the November episode. Today, I am joined for the first time on my part of the podcast, my 5'11 friends, my friend Mayhem, J2, and Yo! It's Steve. They are a little group of people in Canada, <laughs> and they are fantastic people, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves real quick? Hello. You can go first. I'll let you go first. Uh, uh, hey, uh, what's up, everyone? My name is Mayhem. Also, it's Jason. And yeah, yo, it's Steve. Uh, and <laughs> I'm also from Five Eleven, obviously. <laughs> and I'm J Two or Doctor Jonesy. I'm just Steve's streaming partner. Alrighty, so that's everybody from the 511 group. So go ahead and get started with a couple of questions. So the first question is, what are you guys thankful for? We'll start with uh, Mayhem. Honestly, I'm thankful for the amazing community we've got, and I'm thankful for all my friends I've made here online and in person, and I'm really excited to see where we're going to take things. All right, Jay? Or Steve? Or, or sorry, sorry. I, 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 Jay, Jay can go first. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell we're from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yay. Hey, yay. Sorry, yay. <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, well, hmm. it's always a tough question when, when asked, I feel. I always never know what to answer, but I'll say uh, my girlfriend. I love my girlfriend. That's like my turn now. Uh, <laughs> big goth girls. That's what I'm thankful for. Big titty goth girls. What a great thing to be thankful for. And um, this year, I would like to say I'm thankful for my voice acting career has been starting to take off, not only with the Out of Place podcast, but I have just been put into my first video game. Um, But um, yeah, so that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the Out of Place podcast and my voice acting career in general. May I ask what game? What game? It is called Sands of Slumber. It is going to be coming out within the next month on Steam. Ooh. Oh, damn. I'll have to check it out. Hey, kids, it's the Brit Knowledge Show, where you'll see that your mom's a holy moly. You won't learn anything except mooning on your neighbor's ring. That's what you get when you listen to What the Brit. You'll realize that we're all just pieces of shit. Too blind with poopy rats on his ass. So high, drop the pants and show off your big giant ballroom. Use it the place where we can all play together forever and ever. Here is Brit sitting on the beach. Dia de los Muertos is not a Mexican Halloween, screeches out a Hispanic ballerina from the bathroom of California's Glendale Library. I'm in town due to my husband's business, trying to amuse my daughter with an event for this underappreciated holiday. In Mexico, Dia de los Muertes is a time to honor ancestors and loved ones that have gone to the spirit world. Celebrations are held right after Halloween on November 1st and 2nd, which are two major Catholic holy days, All Saints Day and All Souls Day. While at the event, there's live entertainment, kids getting their face painted like Skeletor, and there's even build-your-own miniature altar crafts. I feel slightly out of place because, one, I don't live here, but I'm crashing the Day of the Dead party. And I'm getting my parking validated free. And two, I'm not Hispanic and my pasty skin sticks out. The line to be painted like Skeletor is too long to justify with a toddler. So I deal with the discomfort. 
My daughter Lucy makes sure that we stand out by dancing in front of the live music, making a scene as if we're the only ones willing to bust a move at the event. Thankfully, she's super cute, so it's a pretty good icebreaker. In another part of LA, at the Church of Scientology, there's Guatemalan Americans gathered for their annual fiambre a Guatemalan-specific celebration for the Dia de los Muertos holiday. This pretty much consisted of a shared 900-pound charcuterie board, which the local Scientologists would like you to know that this is a record-breaking amount of food served on a single platter outside of the Guatemala celebrations. After eating, they had a bunch of dancing, kite flying, and some kind of dessert made out of squash. Isn't it sweet that those Scientologists hosted a party for the Guatemalans? You know, they totally believe in the same thing. Or is it some weird cult thing? Are they, like, harvesting Guatemalans and bringing them to their side? One does not know. Anyways, I've always been drawn to this holiday, and I I actually hope to make it a part of my family's tradition. I'm not Mexican, but I do feel like it's a great way to honor my loved ones that have passed and have a shrine with things that they loved, food on it, pictures, whatever their hobbies were, just saying, hey... We remember you, you're totally not forgotten, and we can't wait to see you again. You know, November to me, it's a super bittersweet month. It's got holidays in it, Thanksgiving, and eight years ago, my great friend Mike, who was uh, my roommate at the time, he passed away, and my grandma and my husband's grandpa, they all actually passed away within the same week. And I never knew anybody to pass away that I was actually close to. And then bam, 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 all three of them at the same time. And I didn't know what to do. We were super depressed. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to survive the relationship with my husband because we both, we needed help. We were both so beaten up that it was hard to really like lean on each other. What's wild to me is that that theory about death coming in threes really seemed to be true at that time. I was working for Caesars and my boss at the time was totally unsympathetic. They made it nearly impossible to take any bereavement leave. She said she was just following protocol, aka just using the policies as an excuse to be a big biatch. And she really seemed like kicking the people while they're down. This was a time that I was super struggling to work. Life got in the way, but it became the justification for a bad review leading to a decline of my amazing 2% annual raise. Then six years later during the heat of the last presidential election, I birthed my firstborn. So it's a pretty emotional month for me. You know, lots of ups and downs to reflect on. And a lot of times I think, you know, we're all supposed to get together with a family and have a good meal and count our blessings. I also think how it's nearly impossible to get any extended family members together. No one wants to drive that far, or divorce has made it too taboo to get split families together for their children. You know, as soon as I got married, I I figured that was probably the last time that I could expect that out of anybody. Or, you know, you've got a sibling that got married, and all of a sudden they're spending their holidays with the other family. And it's like, hey, why can't we all bring it in, you know? Just get these families all together. And it's weird. It's like you lose your family once they join a new family. And it's hard for me because my siblings are actually quite a bit older. And it felt like I lost them pretty early on. So I really wish that we could do something like run a school bus with a bathroom and a wheelchair access ramp and pick everyone up that I love without complaints. And, you know, that's the hardest part. No complaining. Go eat somewhere nice. Go to a park. One thing that I vow to myself is that when I become a mother-in-law, I really want to embrace the family that my children choose to join. I want to make it easy and just go with the flow. Remember the last couple of years when people could use COVID as an excuse for not getting together? Well, what's this year's? Too high of gas prices? Maybe your family voted for the wrong politician during midterms? Anyways, I'm, I'm thinking of trying to mesh the Day of the Dead altar idea with my Thanksgiving. For all the people I love that can't be here, I want to eat the food that they liked and listen to the music that soothed them. My grandma's chicken and dumplings or her delicious strawberry cheesecake. 
or my grandpa-in-law's seafood corn chowder and rich red wine, and Mike, my roommate's special Vegas bomb, a shot of peach snaps with Crown Royal dropped into two shots of Red Bull, we'll need to play nerdcore for Mike, old bootlicker country for my grandma, or some church hymns for my grandpa-in-law. I want my family to share memories from the past that made us smile and be grateful to know those folks while they were still alive. I'll skip all that makeup where we dress like Skeletor, I'll skip out on Black Friday, and I might actually watch the movie It's a Wonderful Life for the very first time. I want to change how I feel about the month of November. I don't want it to be a depressing time. I don't want it to be overwhelming, and I really just want to be that, you know, family-oriented, stress-free kind of mom that doesn't put the pressure, but somehow gets everybody together. Is that even possible? But I hope your family has a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you eat something that you love and be thankful. Thank you. Next question. What is everyone's favorite Thanksgiving tradition? Oh, man. Mine's turkey, man. Turkey. Turkey? Just just turkey. Turkey. <laughs> uh, <okay>. Gathering with family. <laughs> eating turkey. I always love board games. Board games are awesome. You love board games? Yeah. Just Who get, plays get... board games on Thanksgiving? Uh, me and my family. We play board games. Well, card games mainly. We get together. We all drink and we play. Ever hear of uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, I forgot the name of it. Who doesn't even know what he does on Thanksgiving? Oh, I forget the name of the game. It's got a weird name. It's, uh, I can't remember. Poker? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's it. No. Strip poker? It's, it's, uh, it starts, I think it starts with a T. I can't remember. I can't remember. But it's, it's this weird game that was, I Texas think. Texas Hold'em? Uh, it, I can't even think of it. Never mind. I, it, board games is my answer. Gotcha. <laughs> Mine's gotta be pin the tail on grandma. I've never seen her run so far and fast. Pog ease. All right. And uh, my favorite Thanksgiving tradition is um, I started it a couple years ago. I would go to my favorite spot wherever I am. Two years ago, it was up in the mountains. I would go up there and I would take like a bottle of alcohol with me and I'd drink like half of it. And then I'd just sit out there and just listen to music and vibe and be the weirdo sitting at the top of a fucking mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is awesome though. <laughs> oh hell yeah next thanksgiving guys we're gonna do this live from a mountain live from a mountain that's what i'm that's what i'm talking about you know what um, the one thing that would make that better if you had what? if you had a toilet up there just sitting at the oh, edge of the yeah. cliff rick and morty reference nearby nearby my apartment down the road there is a uh-huh. big like almost like crane like scaffold area and right at the mm. top is just a lone porta potty and i just i want to go up there what I want to go up there, sit on the porta potty with the door open, the wind blowing in, and just examine the the the, the coastline. It's amazing. From a porta shower? Yeah. And take a wicked <laughs> right? Like, just like, you yeah. sure, like, you got to five guys first. And just... Drop the pants, pop a squat, just let a fat one out, and then just be like, wow, it's so beautiful up here. It's so beautiful in the wind, and just <laughs> the wind on my balls and shit. The wind blows my balls. <laughs> a long take thank god i recorded it all wait 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 
I forgot to press record. <laughs> Hello, it's Samulicious back at it again at the boombox. This time we're going straight to the point. This one isn't strictly about music, but audio in general. Now, voice acting can be hard sometimes. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. From minor vocal issues to full-on debilitating injuries, voice acting can do and cause it all. But, I mean, what's so dangerous? I'm doing it right now, it isn't like I'll die because I'm speaking into the microphone. Or can I? Yes, folks, doing voice acting without proper preparation and knowledge on how to keep yourself safe may end in tragedy. A big example is the voice actor of Lemon Grab from Adventure Time. His lines and scenes are hilarious and bizarre, however, a single line he did put him in the hospital. What happened, you may ask? The answer is... He acted... too well. You see, when he was doing a classic screaming, UNACCEPTABLE line, he accidentally went too far and severely injured his vocal cords. Some say he even had to have surgery to get it better. Don't believe that story? Well, here's a story from a first-hand source. Me. I was doing a dub for Danganronpa. I won't say which character, as it's a spoiler, but she... Let's say she wasn't too happy for being found out for committing murder. She starts sprinting away, hoping to escape, whilst screaming, She WILL NOT DIE! The original voice actress had done a phenomenal job of screaming realistically without injuring herself. However, as a newbie voice actor, I, uh... I wasn't aware that screaming had to be controlled so no injuries would occur. And then... Uh, let's say after that I lost my voice for a couple days. My throat was sore for nearly a week, just because of one single five second or less scream. Does it seem dramatic as all hell? Yes. Is it real though? Yes, it is. Unless you're a professional voice actor like Bryce Pappenbrook or Kira Buckland who absolutely knows 100% how to voice act, always be cautious of doing loud scenes like Cat Blanc's fight with Ladybug in the kids' show Miraculous Ladybug or anything JoJo stand related. I know this isn't fully audio related just yet, but here is the audio part. Almost nothing is worse than forgetting to hit record. It happens to everyone, especially becoming frustrating after you have a seemingly perfect take. However, what's even worse is when you do a screaming line and your mic ends up peaking or straight up going silent. How to prevent that? First, make sure the microphone is at a reasonably low gain. Too much gain can cause the mic to peak. Second, use the hand length rule. When you're recording any sort of lines, get your hand and put it next to the mic. Then, make a hand signal like a phone. Ring ring, hello, and then, after that, put your pinky to the mic. Then, turn your thumb towards you. Almost done. After that, move your face to your thumb. Your nose should barely touch your thumb. That's the exact distance you should be from your microphone while recording. Ah, uh, well, I should probably record my lines for other projects as well. I'm a little behind. <laughs> well, until next time, this is Sammy at the Boonbox. So now we're going to step away from Thanksgiving questions. And uh, so what is the most embarrassing thing y'all have ever done while drunk? Oh, shit. Um. My girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, ex-girlfriend now, I suppose. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Me and the lads one time back home, we were at this party, right? And this girl's playing some music. One of our buddies was like, whose music is this? And he and the girl raised her hand, and he goes in through his phone and looks at a picture of a ring, and he proposes. 
So we have like a drunken fake wedding, and like we're <laughs> running all over the city trying to find these items, like something old, something blue, something like something <laughs> borrowed. And so one of my buddies, he goes and grab. You know those like like traffic barricades that they put up whenever they want, whenever they don't want you to go down a street. He uh, takes that barricade and just fucking runs off with it. He runs off with it? I've done that before. I've stolen yes. some street stuff. Yeah, so I have a street have... sign in my apartment right now. <laughs> I, I so, you know those, like, like uh, I don't know if you guys have them in um, uh, Canada, but here are police. They put down, like, like it's like, like on both ends, it's like an A-frame, and then you put a bar in between it. Yes. I stole one of those. That's, <laughs> that, 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 that thing that's was huge, easy. and I carried it home when I was drunk, but that's not my story. You keep going. Uh, and so then, anyways, later on, that so when we're having the wedding, like, we're at, like, we're at our college dormitory in the fucking common room. <laughs> Everyone's plastered, and I'm the fucking priest. So I'm sad there, and I'm just like, all right, do you take this bitch to be your, to be your wife? He's like, yes. I'm like, do you take this stupid <laughs> to be your husband? I ended up kissing the bride. You ended up kissing the bride? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, first rights. <laughs> That's and and, and, keep, and this entire time, I was wearing a toga. You were wearing a toga? Dude, oh, yeah, the entire time. College wasn't even that pog for me, and I'm in America. <laughs> I always wore a toga, no matter what party I was at. I just threw one on. It could be middle Jason winter. Was that toga. guy. The toga oh, yeah. guy. All right, who's next? I I could tell you mine, right? But yeah. the pro the thing I, about mine is is it happened very recently. So say it. And I was blackout, so I don't really know what happened. Ah, uh, I remember. <laughs> so to- tell us what someone <laughs> told what, you happened. From what I know, it happened is I, we went into the bar. We were all drinking. Suddenly, I'm not remembering anything. So mm-hmm. I start. Oh, I'm gonna do whatever I want. So. The bartender comes over to us and anybody, I keep offering fist bumps to people apparently, but when I mm-hmm. offer the fist bumps, I go full power. So I'm just destroying people's knuckles all night. Oh, and, damn. And then on top of that, I go onto the dance floor and I cannot dance <laughs> for the life of me. But I decide I'm going to whip out the one, I'm on one leg and I'm waving my hands around the place and I'm not, I'm hitting people. There's a perimeter around me. So I don't like, this is what I I heard. There's a perimeter around me and I just keep hitting people out of my way, creating this place where I'm just dancing on one foot. And, and then I appear at home. I don't remember how that, that's what, that's what I came to was I was manifested at home. Yeah. That's when I came to, I was like, (laughs) I'm home. What happened? You just gained sentience walking through your front door. You're just like, <laughs> I am here. <laughs> but I'm good. It's, I mean, it, how did I get here? I'm happy I was able to make it home. I was, uh, you know, in the state I was in. But yeah, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'd say thank oh. you to to J two there for that one. Alrighty, J, your turn. Alrighty, well, I said my girlfriend. That's about it. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Alrighty, so. <laughs> My story is, it was, this was at my parents' wedding, right? So this was the night before. We were in some trailer park. There was these motorcycle f***ing rednecks who threw like a party for my parents, my dad and my stepmom. And um, we were all vibing. I was drinking a, my, uh, a Mike's Hard Lemonade, just vibing. And then my parents went to bed and the rednecks, they were like, hey, Ducky, do you want to try something? I was like, okay. They were like, you in the army, so you should be able to drink. I was like, yeah, I got it. So they handed me like a mason jar full of moonshine <laughs> with peaches at the bottom. Oh, hell yeah. Peach. 
So they were like, all right, how fast can you drink this? I was like, fast enough. And so I just tilted it up and I chugged that thing. And they're like, all right, now eat the peaches. So I was like, all right, bet. So I ate the peaches. Them shits were delicious, by the way. Hey, what do you guess what they come out with again? Another thing of moonshine. But this one had apples in the bottom. So I was like, it, give me the apples. So I drink that thing and I freaking <laughs> eat up the apples. Oh, and then man. they come out with a fourth one, another one full of peaches. But this one was like full to the brim with peaches. So I drank the moonshine and then I'm just sitting here eating all the peaches. And then I get that feeling because I haven't I, I wasn't buzzed yet and I wasn't even like drunk. I was just like, <laughs> something's about to happen. I get that feeling. It's like I'm about to either get like hit with like some sort of like big ass like woos of just drunk. <laughs> but. I was like, I need to stop. But then they were like, are you done? Like, already? I was like, no, 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 no. So I keep eating the peaches, right? <laughs> yeah, if you ask, are you done? It's You know the answer is no. no you can't, you can't answer yes to that question. No, so I can't. finished the third thing of moonshine and uh, moonshine peaches. And as soon as I eat that last peach, it hits me. It's not a buzz. It's not tipsy. It's full on wasted. <laughs> and so I tell them, I was like, oh, I got to go do homework. <laughs> so i go back to our trailer that we were staying in before we went to the actual venue for the wedding and i thought i fell asleep but i get woken up by my dad and i'm in the hallway with no pants on no underwear on just a shirt <laughs> with my head in one of those gas heaters the shirt cock in it. my head is literally like i took the frame off of a gas heater <laughs> and i put it on the ground next to me and I stuck my head in it. And my dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? And drunk me was like, I guess I was cold. <laughs> I guess I was cold. <laughs> and so I get up. And I got back on the futon I was laying on. And I passed the fuck out. <laughs> but my dad was like, how do you still have all your hair? <laughs> Her head was in a heater. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I was cold. <laughs> Dude was cold. Oh, God. Oh, it's cold outside. <laughs> I mean, it was in the middle of Oregon, and it was just raining nonstop for like the last week. So all my clothes that I brought with me were wet. I was wet and drunk as shit. And I woke up the next morning, and I still I still have no idea where my pants are to this day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I lost pants, underwear, and a sock. Because I still had my right sock on. My left sock, gone. Oh my god. Gone. I, I do not know what happened to those pants. Somewhere in Oregon, there's... there's Somewhere like in Oregon, in between the Rednecks trailer and our trailer, or anywhere in that trailer park, to be frank, somewhere are my pants. That's a very fair analysis. And I woke up without a hangover. I have never been hungover a day in my life. It's an accomplishment. I take that. There's only one thing that's ever put me into a hangover, and it was gold What's that? Goldschlager. I just, my friend was doing a costume um, from a book where the people eat metal. And so he brought Uh Goldschlager because there's metal in it. And that was, you know, the idea. But he didn't. Oh, I have some of that here. He didn't like the (laughs) Goldschlager. And I was like, well, I'll drink it, obviously. (laughs) He's like, well, I'll drink it. (laughs) Here, bro. And I drank. I I had, they were in these like little bottles. And I'd say there's probably like five shots a bottle, maybe. And he had three bottles, and I drank them. So I was, I, I ended up, uh, <laughs> I ended up very drunk, and I was outside my 
I was outside my own bathroom in my own house after the party was over and everyone was gone. I was outside crying because uh-huh. I wanted to get into the bathroom <laughs> thinking someone was in there. But no one was there because no one was – everyone was gone. So I, I threw up on the floor outside my bathroom crying because – for no reason, the bathroom was open. There was no one in there. My friend came up and was oh like, gosh. oh my God, bro, what are you doing? Get in there. I'm like, someone's in there. And he's like, D- everyone's gone. <laughs> oh my that God. That is fantastic. Oh, there was a, there was one night I had a bunch of friends in and we were, I don't know how it started, but we we're all just sitting around and someone said something, something McDonald's. So we walked about, <laughs> 45 minutes to to nearest McDonald's. Uh Uh-huh. And for some reason, I'm sitting there like, you know what? I'll go home. Like, I just got there. (laughs) Did you do that? I was already already at home. I want to go home, and then you just disappeared? (laughs) Oh, no. I didn't disappear. I didn't disappear without a trace, at least. I went up, and I found $50 at this random party on the floor earlier in the night. What? And so then, anyways, I go up and I buy fifty dollars worth of junior chickens, bro. As one like, so are they called many. dollars in Canada? Or are you guys yeah. like call them some weird dollar? Oh, loonies. Oh, well, yeah, loonies and toonies. If you're talking about the change, but it's a dollar. Looney tunes, loonies and toonies. Yeah, loonies and toonies. So one dollar is a loony, and, uh-huh. a, two, and a two dollar coin is a toonie. Because I got a loony and a bear on them. <laughs> They got a what? A loony and a bear. A loon like Which one like has the... the bear? The toonie? Yeah. <laughs> so why is it called a fucking toonie? What is a loony? <laughs> a loony is a loon. What is a loony? The adjective loony is usually defined as lunatic, insane. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But uh, so anyways, I buy $50 worth of, of junior chickens and... This is what my friend told me that ended up happening is I took them. Like, I had, like, a big-ass bag. Did you eat them? And I said, see you later, mother I just walked out. (laughs) (laughs) You just said, I got what I wanted. I'm out. (laughs) So then all I remember is, according to security guards at at the residence I was at, I I full-forced pushed myself into the building. Uh Uh-huh. I saluted them. And then I walked up three flights of stairs to my room. Fucking amazing. <laughs> and I like and I and, and I hit my room key on the door, kicked open my door, went into my room. <laughs> I put the two chickens in the fridge when, when my roommate said, because he saw them in the fridge, so he at least thought I put them in the fridge. And he comes in and he saw, and he told me like I was like face planted on my desk, Minecraft was open, and I'm just as you as one does, as soon as you get home, it's you boot up the Minecraft. You got to do that. Oh yeah, no matter how drunk, drunk you Minecraft. are, it's just Minecraft. <laughs> and I okay, was, boys, yeah, I have a question because I was watching TikTok at work today, and I need something disputed. Sure, because something broke my mind from Canada. So here in America, mm-hmm. we have a, a candy called Smarties. I've seen this TikTok. Oh yeah, I've seen this TikTok today too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Describe to me. What Smarties look like in Canada? They're they are small, They're small colored brown chocolate. chocolate. Chocolate? Chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate? <laughs> in Poland, they're called lentilkies. And I know I know what you call I know they're called Smarties. lentilkies. I spent two years in Poland. Yeah. We, we call what you Smarties call Smarties. Rockets. We call Rockets, uh, yeah. 
It's those little powder ca- rockets. Pocket. What? Yeah. Like rockets? No rockets. Because yeah. I would get rockets because like they're rock- rocks, but <laughs> rockets like like the that goes in space. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. What the fuck is y'all smart? <laughs> Jason, Canadian I Smarties. I looked this up. Canadian Smarties were first. Canadian what smart- the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> well, you guys I need t- one you of you guys, guys to the, send me the surprise or the kinder surprise. Eggs. We need a whole other <laughs> podcast for that. I need Canadian candies sent to me. Have you ever had a um, kinder surprise? Wait, duck no, I I've never had a kinder you. surprise. I think I can hook you up. Give uh, me one second. Missing out, honestly. <laughs> J2 loves them. <laughs> and also, what is that with like fries and meat? Like that's uh, like a whole thing. Fries, with, uh, like fries to works. Fries to works, man. They're like fries. It's, it's just like a whole meal. You get like fries and like just like it's like it could be like chicken or beef. What? And then it's like got some gravy. And then and peas. Chicken. Like, it's called fries to works. That's like some New York fries works. type of thing. Yeah. No, that the only thing that I've had like come close to that was when I was in Poland for two years, and it was this little Indonesian shop, gotcha, and they ducky. were fantastic. I got you for your can- and candy, by the way, Pog. Um, and it was fantastic because like they'd give you like a big ass box, like like a I'd say six inches tall. I'm going this based off of um other things, um, not the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh six inches tall and like three inches wide uh, and they had like fries in the bottom and like shaved meat on the top and then they put like gravy on top of it and dude i've never felt so fat in my goddamn life <laughs> <laughs> but was it good it was fantastic exactly oh, right dude. that's I the thing it's delicious right now and I, then I heard uh, that Canada does the same thing, but they call it something weird. They call it can- a fries with gravy and cheese poutine. Yeah, fries with gravy and poutine. cheese poutine. Have you ever heard about um, combination pizza? That, that's just Cape Breton, bro. I know. That's, that's, I was like, that's, that's a very small, small thing up here. Just on the island. What is it, like pizza I, with multiple toppings? It's just yeah. vegetable pizza. Well, ve- well, oh, that's called a margarita or well, a supreme. With, uh, it has like... Your meats, and it has like your like your mushrooms, green peppers. That's a supreme. That's a supreme pizza down here in the states. Just just the island that we're from, or well, me and J two, and the one that uh, Mayhem. Wait, is on. Canada has islands. Yeah, see, we call yeah. it. Uh, we yeah, call like it, we call it with the works. In, with the works uh, in our island. Hey, give me the My pie island. with the works. <laughs> hey, Tony, give me the pie with the works. Hey. <laughs> All right, on to the next question. <laughs> 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I don't want to set the world on fire. are red meeples are blue you're a sexy geek and we love you hello everyone it is i two tone and welcome to geek soup 
a podcast segment hosted on the Out of Place Network where we just basically sit and talk about anything geeky, nerdy, anything that is just the vibe for today. So here with me, I have my lovely and amazing co-host, Origami Cyclone fan. Hello. So before we start talking about our today's topic a little bit, let's let everyone know what we have been up to. So that way they're all caught up to speed on the life of Two-Tone and Gami. How has Gami been? Uh, Gami has been a-okay. Um, just balancing work and streaming and trying to work on a karaoke night with the lovely Two-Tone here. Yes, we are doing a karaoke night. We yes. are. Or at least by the time this podcast is out, we would have hopefully already done it. <laughs> yes, we do plan on doing that this weekend, so the 29th of Saturday. So if you are listening to this podcast in the future, that is done. But that does not mean that we won't be doing any more fun stuff like this later on in the future. Very so true, true. if you guys are interested, you can always give us a follow on Twitch. My name is Two Tone Inc. And you can always give Gami a follow at Origami Cyclone Fan, both on Twitch. Yep. Come get at us. We're funny. Sometimes. Well, at least Two Tone's always funny. I, I, I'm getting there. I, I, I'm a little try hard, but I do my best. Nah, there is no trying hard. I wouldn't be doing this with you if it wasn't a vibe. Ah, well, how is the great Two Tone doing? Um, the two-tone is not, not doing too bad. There's been a lot of ups and downs as always. My younger brother's birthday just passed. If anyone remembers talking about that last uh, segment, uh, my mom and my younger brother passed away and the 24th was my younger brother's birthday. So I spent most of my day just basically like either trying to stay busy or sleeping. And it's always, it was a good 50-50. 50-50. Like, I couldn't find a good way of dealing with that. But now I am feeling not 100% better, but I am feeling better than what I was a couple days ago. I am starting a new job here soon, working from home, not just as, like, a voice actor and, like, a streamer and all that good stuff, but, like, I'm going to be dealing with customer service and stuff, so. Uh, yeah. I am sorry. <laughs> really? I, I honestly have been... It's better than dealing with people in food. <laughs> Honestly, they're both on the same level for me, but that's because I've been doing both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just get to work from home. That's where I'm at. I'm just like, oh, I can work from home and make money, which means I can save up money to get a car because I'm not really going to need to go anywhere and I can have all of my food just like door to me. Cool. We can do that. That does sound nice. Well, go ahead and um, say happy birthday or happy belated birthday to Little Toad. Aw, well, thank you. I'm sure he would appreciate it. <laughs> so what are we covering for today's podcast, Two-Tone? So today, Gummy Wami, we are talking about basically just streaming. I know that it's probably been talked about many a times before, and I'm quite sure that most people are tired of hearing it, but I feel like from our perspective, somebody might be able to find some sort of silver lining in what we would have to say on that topic. So how how did you get into streaming, Tutone? I've always felt like I've had the personality for streaming. I just never really knew how to go about doing it. And I guess I never really had a, a good reason to do it because I was just so stuck in my ways of you got to be an adult. Like you got to have an actual job and do this and do that. And you'll never be able to like live out the dream of being someone that has fun on the internet with a bunch of other people on top of still trying to maintain all of the stuff 
stuff you need to maintain. So I was just one day like, you know what? Screw it. I'm ready to start streaming along with a bunch of other stuff that I want to start doing. And I'm going to do it. Like, the only way I'm going to know if I'm not good at it is if I don't try. I guess four or five months later, I'm actually not doing that bad for myself. I got a decent little group of followers on Twitch. I'm not putting a lot of YouTube videos out there at the moment. But, you know, any videos that I do put out there, they're worth watching. This is going great for me. I'm enjoying every minute, every time I have to do a podcast, especially now that I have someone to do it with. And then just coming up with new ideas and new ways of me to just get myself out there more like I recently started voice acting maybe a month or two ago and I am now a main character in a visual novel I'm a side character in a couple of other projects and you know I have a video of me narrating for someone's Minecraft server so I'm very proud of all the little things that I've done makes me feel good about where I'm going with it and everything else. So, but yeah, that's just basically why I started streaming is because I wanted to put myself out there more. How I started streaming, um, see, I have the opposite two-tone here. Especially, like, growing up, uh, I was really shy throughout my entire life. I remember hearing about, like, people doing, like, Twitch streaming and, uh, someone once, like, pitched the idea to me about Twitch streaming. I've, like, streamed for, like, four months. Funny enough, this wasn't the first time I had an idea to Twitch stream. The idea was first pitched to me a few years ago, back when I was like, just graduating out of high school, going into like my first couple of year college. So about like roughly six years ago, my sister-in-law and one of her friends thought about the idea of me streaming and like putting me in like cute costumes and stuff and just overall going for that adorable vibe. Um, the reason why I didn't go for it back then, well, first off, my brother was a little bit worried about like me showing my face and all that. But yeah. what really cemented was when I was talking to two of my male friends. I want to emphasize male friends here. <laughs> I was telling them the idea of like, oh, like, maybe I can like become a Twitch streamer and uh, the others were saying that like, I could wear costumes and stuff. And they legit said to my face, you're gonna get old guys like jacking off to you. Ew, uh, why would they say that? Because I was still relatively young and the whole costume idea was really put the nail in the common for them. So when they said that, I'm like... Maybe it isn't such a good idea after all. Well, maybe not at the time being because you were so young, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the idea, well, that too. A few years later, skipping forward, one of my buddies was also doing Twitch streaming. I will throw his name out there, Alexander Arcade. He does art and video games. Well, he's been streaming for like, I want to say like maybe over a year at this point, but he's been doing it for quite a while. And I would sit in and like watch the streams. And after watching him for so long, I was like, you know what, maybe I should give this another thought. I mean, I do like video games and I did feel more confident expressing myself than I did back then. Over the years, I have grown a bit more confident. I'm still a bit shy, but... Right. I'm at least more outspoken than I used to be. Which is good. I'm glad you see that change in you. Yeah. So I figured, why not? Twitch streaming, I've always considered to, like, if I were to go that route, to just be a hobby, and if it makes money on the side, then that's just a plus. Right. I mean, of course. Of course, making money. That's always amazing. Mm -hmm. That's always a good thing. 
Nothing and wrong with that. If I could one day like stream full time, that'd be great. But for now, I'm trying to keep my expectations realistic of just having it be a side hobby. That if it makes money, great. If not, oh well, at least I could still have a good time. Right. And I think that's where you and I pretty much differ when it comes to streaming. And I would like to just say that, yes, there is the intention of I would like to get to the point where I stream that I at least would make money every time that I stream. Yes, not going to lie. But it's not one of those things where if it doesn't happen, then I'm just going to stop streaming altogether. It's just more or less of I just still would like for people to understand that this is that there's something else to me other than just trying to make a quick dollar off of someone. Because like I said, starting a new job. So it's not like I'm depending on Twitch or anything else to like pay my bills at the moment. But once I get to that point, then maybe who knows i might be able to stream maybe like three four times a week and be chill and never have to worry about at working another w2 job again yeah that would be nice that would be nice one day (laughs) but yeah that would be nice but that just pretty much leads into the next general topic of the conversation of why people stream basically and gami and i are probably two of the best like polar opposites where she's doing it for a hobby i am doing it to make it once again it's not all about the money but i'm trying to make it something to where it feels or it is a career yes i'm thinking realistically but i'm also like not saying that gami's not attempting the same thing it's just her mindset is a bit different than mine but i'm trying to make this a thing like i'm I'm doing things learning how to do certain things like marketing myself figuring out what's good what's not good how to gain the little skills that i felt like i should have gained when i was like 13 or 14 when the internet was like you know starting to become a thing but yeah so whether you're wanting to stream as a hobby that's so totally fine you can do that if you're wanting to stream to make money and all this other good stuff i'm just letting you know now it's not gonna be easy gonna take a while because in order for you to even make money on certain like sites twitch especially you have to hit a certain level which is called affiliate and gami and i are both at an affiliate status right gami yeah yeah and so we've just getting at affiliate just basically means that you i'm not trying gosh like this does sound bad when i say it but being able to hit affiliate status just basically indicates that you are able to hold a crowd you are able to keep someone's attention because of what you're doing what game you're playing the vibe you give off everything else and gami you can always jump in and intervene at any given time if i'm saying something totally wrong but it, it is totally different for us we didn't necessarily get to affiliates that is the same day or the exact same way because like gami said before she's very shy i'm very out there in your face sassy so our followings and everything else are totally different but in a sense gami and i support each other when it comes to that sort of thing i guess so just for the viewers reference or listeners reference how is your approach to streaming? I'm looking, whenever I do it, I want it to be a show. I want it to be something that people come and enjoy. But at the same time, I would also like for it to be a vibe. Like, I don't necessarily want for anyone to feel like they're pressured into keeping up with the Twitch norms or doing things that um other people are doing in their streams. Because I want to be as original as possible. 
basically. I'm jumping around and I'm so sorry about that. But like, I just want to be original as possible when it comes to that sort of thing. Because I don't want to fade into the background of every other Twitch streamer, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. My approach is kind of similar. Well, similar to two tones in a way, but also different. Um, Mm. How I sort of go about my streams is that um, I'm not like two-tone where I could just like naturally be extroverted and I guess sort of almost excite a crowd, if you will. Right. I am more of just, um, I try to keep true to myself of just being sort of a relaxed person who is just very genuine and authentic with my viewers, um, which is something that I strive to keep as also being a female in... The, uh, Twitch community. Not saying that, like, (laughs) females are fake or whatever, but some of them are kind of hard. (laughs) I mean, that's your opinion. Nothing wrong with that at all. You see it. I mean, I don't necessarily have any female, like, Twitch streamers that I necessarily watch, but I am aware of them, and I know that when it comes to being a female and, you know, streaming and or broadcasting yourself, it's going to be a little bit easier. Yeah. Unless, you know, it comes to it, depending on the community and everything else. But yeah, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, of course, I'm exaggerating, like, the details. But there are, like, some people who are very much, like, not really trying to be genuine with their viewers and sort of seeing them as sort of a cash money vibe. Right. Even though I may have a hard time connecting with others, I still want to make that connection. Exactly. So... I guess where I'm trying to uh, say is that my approach is just to be, like, genuine with others and try to, like, at least have them see me for who I am and that's just being sort of a laid-back, chill person that can also get worked up at times. Right. And that's just kind of like what I meant earlier by like, we support each other and everything because I obviously I see it in you and everything else whenever I like raid you and whatnot. Like you have the energy. You really do. And I like that about you because at least you know who you are and you're true to yourself about it. And like, I'm not saying I'm putting on some sort of facade or anything like that. Like whenever anyone comes to my page, like they're going to get all the sass, like they're going to get all the love. They're going to get all of that because I I at least want you to know that if you're having some sort of a shitty day or whatever, let me make it better for you in some sort of way. So that way you're not feeling like, oh, just another Twitch streamer trying to make a quick buck when in all honesty, I would rather you just sit there, watch me play whatever I'm playing at that time and use channel redeems to make me dance. Ah, yes, gotta make the two-tone dance. Gotta make the two-tone dance. So yeah, I enjoy, and me personally, I enjoy watching you because you play games that differ from mine, which I enjoy as far as, like, a following base do, because, like, if there's a Twitch, a very popular Twitch streamer that has, like, a really nice following and likes you and likes the vibe that you put off and everything, they're gonna come raid you with, like, hundreds of people. Like, it's crazy how sometimes that'll happen and everything else. And, like, I do it so that way all these people can at least be introduced to you, not because you're a female, 
Like I won't, I'm not bringing anyone over to you because you're female. I'm bringing them over to you because you play games like Stardew Valley and like Dragon Quest, Paper Mario, and you're starting to like branch out in other games and everything else as best as you can. And you're collabing with other people and like playing games with other people and everything else. So like you, even though you say that you're like shy and everything else, you are putting yourself out there like way more than what probably what the average like introvert would. As you mentioned briefly earlier, it's definitely hasn't been easy, but it's definitely something that I try to work towards. Another comment I would like to add, while Two-Tone here likes to excite the crowd, for me as well, um, because I'm also a late night streamer, oftentimes my goal is just to help people sort of relax and unwind. So I'll often like almost encourage people to try to like stick around and chill before they go to sleep type of deal. Right. The inspiration of that kind of draws uh, from how I was a few years ago when I used to actually have a lot of trouble sleeping at night. And oftentimes I would try to like tune in to a Let's Player or someone of that nature who was just very calm and relaxing and their content would sort of like help me put to sleep so in return i'm also trying to help that to other people who might be staying up late at night and also having trouble sleeping and so those that are listening to this there you go you got yourself a party starter and when you're ready to wind down you always got an after party to go to exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) of course i like to raid tuto because he does a lot of games that are both Adorable and also nostalgic. Like, I first met Two-Tone um, during one of his Majora Mask streams, and that was fantastic. And then he introduced me to a lovely game called Chibi-Robo. Chibi-Robo! Retro game about cleaning up the house. <laughs> but there's so much more to it than that. Oh, is there an underlying drama beneath Chibi-Robo? But that could be for another podcast. So, yes, yes, yes. before I ramble on for too long, Two-Tone, what was your first few months of streaming like? Oh, gosh. So, my first few months of streaming was met with a lot of support and met with a lot of planning and met with a lot of first times and met with a lot of, you know, just we got this, we got this, we got this. So when I first started streaming, I would stream literally every day. Like I would still work and everything, but it's like I would go to work, come home, stream. I would stream for maybe a few hours, maybe six to eight hours. And this was only so that way I could hit affiliate status. And this was when I was also trying to figure out my niche and like what sort of person I was and everything else. And I know that it normally takes people a little bit longer and all this other good stuff. I'm not saying I have my brand, but over the months, I want to say that I have officially found who I am as a streamer and what I can bring to the table. And I know that after that first few months of just streaming every day and figuring out what games I'm going to play and what sort of crowd I pull in, I can tell that I'm going to make an impact on this planet sooner than later. What about you, Gami? My first month of streaming was also very active. Not as active as yours where you were streaming every day, but I was streaming like four days a week. Most of my streams would be like right after I had just got off work. So they would only really be about like two or three hours tops. I would be streaming four days of Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 
and really just trying out a bunch of different games and seeing what would stick. Right. And another huge part of my first month of streaming was just trying to reach out to other streamers uh, via raids. Uh Before I started streaming, I heard this little bit of advice from a streamer I know by the name of Head Reaper of the value of raiding out someone after every stream. Uh And I took that to heart and would basically try to find someone to raid each and every time. Trying to... um, raid someone that was also like a small time streamer like myself only had like a few views and right. playing games that I know I would also enjoy watching and right. trying to sort of interact with their community get to know them and hopefully that was my way of sort of reaching affiliate hoping that like because I'm like reaching out to them interact with their community maybe they would follow me back Right. Because in order to get affiliate, you do have to get 50 followers. And every time I rated out someone, I would almost always guarantee at least one follower back. That's also how I met Two-Toad, was he was one of the streamers that happened to be streaming at that time. And I was like, okay, I want to watch Majora's Mask today. Okay, (laughs) there's this person that, you know, has like five viewers going on. By the way, Two-Toad, I want to mention that you're one out of like, seven people playing Majora's Mask that night. What? Yeah, yeah. So, There's seven other people? Yeah, so I just randomly clicked yours. I'm like, yeah, why not? Let, let's go Let's go raid this dude. Oh my gosh. And that's, well. how, that's how we met each other. I suddenly raided him, and he was <laughs> just like, oh my gosh, someone raided me. And I think this was actually like right before... No, th- you, you were telling me of how that was a stream that you reached affiliate. So you were the reason why I hit affiliate. I think I managed to, like, get your viewer count, like, where you, you did. Yeah. You got it up there. You were the reason I hit affiliate while I was playing Majora's Mask. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Origami Cyclone fan. Like, helping a brother out, like, getting him where he needs to be in life. I mean, Thank you. <laughs> Two-Tone was also playing Majora's Mask, which is also a cool game. So, I mean, yes, he's got good yes. taste, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, yes. All my Majora's Mask fans out there, holler, hello, yes. <laughs> but um yeah so i i like that you took that to heart and everything else i'm glad that that worked out for you i'm glad that that was the path that you went down and you stuck to it and look at where it got you like it was basically we- an introvert forcing herself to be an extrovert <laughs> Literally, look where it got you. Yeah. I feel like we could count that as like one of the obstacles that you've came across and everything else. Oh yeah, definitely. Honestly, I didn't really know how else to get affiliate because while I was playing some popular games, a lot of the play- games I was also playing was kind of obscure, so not a lot of people would come around to watch it. Right, and right. Especially since I'm like a first-time streamer, people don't really know me that well. So right. it was easier to get to know people who already had established communities. No, I get that. I, I follow 100% behind that. What about you two, Tone? Did you have any obstacles when you were streaming? Honestly, yes. The biggest obstacle I would have to say is like the streaming thing didn't necessarily like start off 
as like a solo dolo thing. I was doing it with a friend. And my biggest thing was I was worried that seeing as me and this friend were not necessarily like of the same personality and everything else that I was going to take off a little bit faster than this person. And so my biggest obstacle was basically coming to like having to understand that look, you have an opportunity to do this thing and you can't really let anyone necessarily solo you down from doing it. And I know that sounds very, very shitty to a bunch of people that might have like a best friend and all this other good stuff. But it's more or less of I didn't see him as an obstacle. It was just more or less of he I saw it as this would become an obstacle if I didn't handle it in a way that I saw fit. So that being said, me and this friend are like not necessarily it's not that we hate each other. We still talk from time to time and all this other good stuff and whatnot. But we're just on different levels right now like i'm over here doing this i'm like running a podcast all this other good stuff and i'm not saying that i'm better than him or anything else like that but it's just our paths were not going to go down the exact same route that he might have thought it would have went down had we stuck this out because my mindset is totally different compared to anybody else's and when it comes to me doing something with someone i have to feel out the vibe first or else I'm not going to be able to tell if it's going to work. This is why I keep saying I'm doing this with you. Because I knew that the vibe between us would be very nice. And we'd be able to sit and have a conversation. And it just be a conversation at that and nothing else. Yep, yep. Like, not saying, like, we don't have our disagreements or anything like that. Like, it's not all like, oh, we're just going to kiss each other's ass the whole time. No. Wait, you mean that wasn't part of the agenda? No, I didn't make you <laughs> sign any f***ing contract that made you say that. <laughs> but, um... Yes, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, um, I just more or less of, I'm here, he's there. If our paths were to cross again and we were to do something fun together, then we can do something fun together. That was the only obstacle. And I guess the only other obstacle was worrying about me staying on schedule, which I will not lie, I've dwindled on. I was actually supposed to, sh I told myself I was going to stream Monday and Tuesday. Monday, obviously, was my brother's birthday. So I'm like, you got to stream, get your head out of it. But then I'm just like, no, you're too depressed. Don't do it. And then like today, I'm, I mean, not today, yesterday, I just wasn't feeling so hot. So I'm just like, you can't stream if you're not feeling hot because then you're just going to sit there and look miserable and ugly. And you don't want to sit there, look ugly in front of people. Like, I know I have a PNG and a VTube. But that's a lot of work. And my computer's already running slow enough as it is. There's a lot going on for Two-Tone at the moment. And Two-Tone is trying to get it all figured out and settled. But it's just nice to be able to sit and talk with Gamiwami about, you know, streaming and whatnot. Were there any other obstacles you had that you couldn't think of, Gummy? Um, honestly, I'm gonna jump in on what you said about scheduling, because yeah. I have been pretty decent when it comes to, like, my four days a week scheduling. I've noticed mm -hmm. there's also some weeks where I tend to slack off a little bit, and right. feel myself sort of regretting it afterwards. A lot of times when I stream, it's normally, like, right after I get off work. And some days, right. I just feel like rude after work. Right, and you don't want to do it, which is so totally fine. Like, that's another thing. Like, sorry to those that are listening if you feel like we've gotten totally off topic and everything else about, like, streaming and all this other good stuff. We'll, like, jump into, like, what you'll need and all this other good stuff towards the end. But, um, yeah, no, I agree with you, like, so wholeheartedly. You'll be tired or you'll have, like, personal issues going on and everything else. Like, there's a lot of factors that would have to like stop 
us from streaming. And even if those factors add up, we're still trying to push ourselves to stream. Uh, a lot of times what I'm finding out has, like, worked for me in terms of, like, when I get into those moods of, like, ah, oh, I just want to skip tonight. This was advice from who I'm going to dub my manager son. Um, <laughs> my, I would usually talk to my manager son of, like, ah, oh, I just want to skip out today. And he'll tell me, like, hey, go ahead and stream. You usually feel better once you start streaming. And honestly, like, it's yeah. pretty much true. Like, once yeah. I get into it, I'm like, alright, I'm ready to go. Yeah, that's what I tell myself. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not, like, I always tell myself, like, look, if you just start it, and you just start playing a game, you're gonna forget that you're even streaming, and you'll be chill. It'll just be like you're actually chilling, and I'm just like, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, Hercules, Hercules, and I'm just like, no, you don't want to do it, so I end up not doing it and everything else, so I need to get back into that mindset of, if you just do it, you won't even realize you're doing it, and you'll be set to go. Yep, yep. Because it's very, very, it's very stupid. I almost have not streamed for, like, almost two weeks. That was a... One week where I went like six days without streaming, and I'd be like looking at my stats and stuff. I'm like, ah, this hurts. I feel like there's gonna be more. Yep, yep, yep. And that's another thing is like Twitch will literally get you by your stats. Like if you're so used to just like keeping it at a certain distance and a certain pace, because like once you get to a certain spot, you're like, yeah, I can miss a day. But then like the next day you see it and it just goes down just a smidge and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have missed that day. <laughs> For me, it's when it comes to my own account, I like to check on my channel often and mm. if i'm just seeing the same thing over and over again like just the same video same exact views i'm like ah i need to put something on there so there's a change yes knowing when to switch it up is also another thing because if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again with no switch up i feel like it doesn't matter if you play the same game over and over again i just feel like as long as you switch it up or you make it interesting and this is where i feel like i kind of got away with most games that I play because I make them interesting in a sense. You'll have your special like nights dedicated to certain genres. Like I remember Monday, Tuesday night would be like your retro night. Yeah. And that was like good for all the nostalgia fans. Yeah. And like I try and that's like something I want to try to still keep to like I want to have mon- like retro nights and all this other good stuff. But it's just more or less of with me taking on more responsibilities, like for myself, personal wise, I have to make sure that anything that I'm doing is totally planned out before I actually go through with it or it's going to be an absolute mess. This is why I have not gotten a bunch of people into my discord server yet, because I don't want it to be a huge mess because I'm still trying to figure it out and like see what's going on there and everything else and i don't necessarily want to bring like someone else onto the podcast just yet because i would like to at least for the three of us to get together talk see how it feels and all this other good stuff and then we'll go from there because i would like to have a guest on here where the three of us just sit and talk about something i don't know specific or totally random right right i guess in terms of like other obstacles i've come across besides the whole like whenever i see like no new video on my own channel i get like a little bit frustrated with myself because i'm like ah, i need to put new content out back to what i was actually saying <laughs> uh other other obstacles i've come across um well, it's relatively quick for me to um, reach affiliate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only took me about like a month to reach affiliate status because I was 
putting myself out there. Um, right. Sort of a roadblock I've kind of hit nowadays is trying to increase my subscriber count. Yeah. That actually has been really difficult for me. And I also have like the disadvantage of because I don't use a webcam, I can't necessarily do certain things like certain subscriber rewards of like, oh, um, if you hit this amount, I can like do something special on screen. Right. Because and I don't it's... have a webcam, I am limited to a lot less options. Right. I totally understand what you mean by that. I really do. Um, my subscriber count, even though I do have a webcam and all this other good stuff, doesn't necessarily go up. And I feel like with subscribers and everything else for us, that's where the whole financial thing comes in. I feel like we need to start finding little things that can be invested into. That's a goal for people to work towards, I guess, as subscribers. Like, because no one, I mean, yeah, people are just want to subscribe so they support you and everything else. But like, then there are people that want to subscribe because there's actual benefits yeah. of like, subscribing with you and everything else and that's pretty much where i'm at as far as like wanting to figure out what would get people to subscribe to me is like what benefits can i give them besides just you know giving them a cute face to look at every time or something i know another streamer their subscriber goals usually consists of like them playing a horror game i'm like oh that's a pretty cool idea too bad i'm a total wuss but, but for the subscribers though for the subscribers though it is subscribe. something that I do plan on doing in the future. I'm just trying to test the waters with other ideas first. Like, right now, the current goal I have is painting with Gami Ross, where I try to imitate a Bob Ross video. That is my current subscriber goal. I did have another one of Karaoke Night, but I withheld that one because I wasn't quite sure on Twitch's guidelines of Karaoke Night at the time. I understand. I mean, they allow you to play Just Dance. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like that falls hand in hand, in a sense. I'll just leave that one alone, though. But they also um, remove, like, the Twitch karaoke program that you used to have. Yeah, they did that, too. I don't know why they did that. That was probably the silliest thing in the world, and they need to bring it back. But uh, any other obstacles uh, you came across, Two-Tone, while streaming? Honestly, no, no, no. Because I feel like, personally, I feel like I'm doing, as far as, like, me... And, like, the stuff that I do, I feel like I'm doing fine. What milestones have you felt like you've achieved in the time you've been streaming? Holy mother of cheese. So many. I guess the first time I hit 50 followers, I remember who helped me, who got me, my who was my 50th follower. Um, I remember my lovely and amazing team that helped me get to where I am. Even though that we all don't necessarily talk that much anymore, they all still ask me how am I doing as far as streaming goes and everything else and I tell them how I'm doing. I've met wonderful and amazing people over time, you included. I have absolutely have found out that I am an absolute vibe wherever I go. And even though I sound very conceited, don't mistake that for confidence because I love myself sometimes. <laughs> um, just being honest, though. Yeah, no, it's just the, the, the milestones, all the milestones, all of them up until this point, up until what we're doing now, like becoming a podcast host, like that is amazing. Becoming a voice actor. That is amazing because that ties into Twitch and everything else. Like it is it is amazing. It really, really is. And I'm very excited about the journey that I'm going on. How about you, Gamiwami? What milestones are you excited about? 
Um, honestly, just reaching affiliate in a month. That was, like, the big one for me. That was. Cause yeah, it's going to be, like, what, three months, I think. I started 1st of July. It is now late October. Reaching affiliate in a month was a big one for me because I wasn't quite expecting it to, like, make right. as much progress as I did. But the right. fact that I was able to accomplish it, I was like, oh, I'm a lot further ahead than I expected to be. Right. Now, I'm only asking a question. Yeah. How do you think you got there so quickly? 70% hard work, 30% female. <laughs> nah. Okay. No, I, you knew where I was going yes. with that, though. Yes. So, like, yeah, no, I'm, and you know me. I, I know that you worked hard. Like, you actually do. I sit there and I watch your streams. You are an adorable little being to watch. I'm not going to lie. So, I know you worked hard to where you got, but I was also just like, hmm, let me see if she actually thinks. <laughs> no. Um, Some of it was. A lot of it was just like, a lot of the, when I say hard work, was just basically mm. forcing myself out of my shell. Which is hard work. Trying to sort of make new friends. Yeah, I mean, that's hard work for someone that's not used to just throwing themselves out there to people. So be, I'm very proud of you for that. I'm always proud of my introverted friends that are just like, I did a thing and it took a lot of energy, but it went great. And I'm just like, oh, my baby doing talking things. <laughs> also, like... Four weeks of just four days streams. Four Throwing weeks yourself. streaming four days a week. There we go. Words. Yep. Uh, Words. And then also just rating out each and every one of those streams. So just from that alone, like at least 16 new followers simply just from writing out. Yeah. A lot of my beginning followers were, of course, my friends who wanted to support me on my journey and giving me exactly. that follow. But yeah, other than that, honestly, also just, it's gonna sound cheesy, but making new friends along the way, meeting other streamers, and, like, getting to know them. Like, Two-Toad here. Now I'm doing podcasts with him, and that's kind of wild. I know. It's wild for the both of us. It really is. And also um, trying to get together for collabs like our Among Us streams or our karaoke night. Yes, 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 yes. I guess that was also something I just didn't expect. Well, it was actually through Two-Tone that I got to like meet a bunch of other streamers to like get together for a party night almost of just playing Among Us. I try. I take my introverts and I'm like, come with me. <laughs> yes, under the flag of Two-Tone, we shall unite. Uh, literally, I'm just like, I. if I didn't think you'd be cool, I would not bring you in here. Dead ass. I will say, and I'll bring this up as another obstacle I face, it's just, um, as fun as these collab streams are, I do find myself in a position of, because I am naturally introverted, whenever I'm in big groups of, like, other streamers, I tend to sort of, like, mute into the background. Yeah. Kind of like a wallflower type deal, where yeah. I'll let other people take the spotlight, but not really contribute too much myself. Right. And I recognize that as something that I need to, like, work towards moving past. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's just in my natural state to sort of just, like, fade into the background. Right. But for the good of, like, my own stream and, like, trying to contribute something to my own viewers, I need to, like, put myself out there more. Right. I get it in the sense of, like I said, I have friends that are very quiet and shy and everything else. So I get where it is hard for you guys. Like, when you are put in that moment of being in a group, you have to either decide on how much of yourself you're going to give. And so sometimes it's a lot easier easier to just not give anything at all and just let everybody else have the good time and just exist exactly i do find myself a lot better in these sort of like one-on-one -on -one situations like i am with two-tone right now 
Because mm-hmm. in that case, we could just both bounce off of each other pretty well. Right. And I have a good sense of, like, whether the other person, like, wants to say something. And sort of allowing room for that, but also chiming in and bouncing off where I can. Right. This is why I would want for you to talk more than I do. Because I already know that we would be here for hours just talking and talking. Or at least you listening to me talk. So that's why I'm just like, no, all of my introverted friends have to tell me what their favorite color is what their favorite bug is. I want to know what Roman numeral they like the most. I don't know. Just tell me some stuff. So Um, I'm not the one like talking. Sky blue, butterfly, I don't know, number four. I don't know, number four. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. What kind of butterfly though? Is it just Uh, a butterfly? Honestly, any kind of butterfly is a good butterfly. Okay, okay. I, I'll, okay. I'll even accept moths into the family. Ooh, no, you didn't say moths into the family. 100%. Okay, I respect you. I respect you. They're I don't like moths. They're just nighttime butterflies. Moth, that. I don't <laughs> like moths. <laughs> nighttime butterflies, my ass. They can nighttime butterfly outside. I hate moths. <laughs> much i hate. i mean like they're not ugly it's just when they're close no don't do that don't get close to my face that's how you get smacked out of the air and then stepped on i'm sorry was there anything on your end that you didn't quite expect to um for things to happen in terms of streaming no honestly twitch has been twitch itself streaming with streaming within itself has been like very fun it's always had its ups and its downs um more ups than I can say downs and that's the only reason because I stream only when I'm in a good mindset hate streaming when I'm not in a good mindset because that just is allowing for myself to say it's okay to act this way around something that I'm trying to make my job and it's not good or a good look for me professionally to do something like that so I only stream when I'm in a good mood obviously I want people to know me at my like best and my worst so it's not like they're never going to see me in a bad mood do you want to tell the view about um, your massive uh, follower count that one night? Oh my god. So I don't really necessarily mind what anyone says about it, but I currently, I think they sorted through the majority of them. But I one night got like over a hundred or something follows from what it seemed like bots, like follow bots. And I'm like, where did all of these follow bots come from? Who bought all of these follow bots? Like, what the hell is going on? I just had to turn off my notifications. Like, currently... Oh, yeah. it, um, was, it was hilarious because your alerts just kept going off for like... Oh my god, it was... Few lo- minutes. <laughs> oh, it was low-key annoying. It was so freaking annoying, you guys. I could not. I cried. I so think- currently, at the moment, I am sitting at 463 followers. Okay. It was it was uh, like three hundred followers in one night, and I remember doing the math of like, if you don't shut off your alerts right now, this is going to continue for another seventeen minutes. Oh my god! And she did the math, you guys, and it got on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> but I figured, you know, like his, like he got like three hundred new bot followers, and his notification lasted like ten seconds. Yeah, she did the math, you guys. It got on my nerves, but that's why I love her. <laughs> but yeah, so we that happened to me. I do believe, like I said, they sorted through a bunch of them and everything else. So currently at the moment, I am sitting at 463 followers. I don't care what anyone says. I deserve it. 
100%. 463 followers, almost 500 followers. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm at a very humble 113. Very humble. We need to get those numbers up, you guys. So please go ahead and look up Origami Cyclone Fan. Origami Cyclone Fan. I'm just saying it very slow so we know where to go. So how about this? Do you have any advice for those that are wanting to make this a hobby? Well, for me personally, because um, I know I mentioned like doing this mainly as a hobby, mm. but I'm also at that sort of mindset of if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. But yeah. if you really want to like at least reach affiliates to have a chance at making some kind of income, I'm going to say the same advice that I learned from Head Reaper before I start streaming, you gotta rate out every stream. Because if you don't rate out when you end the stream, it is a waste. Essentially, what you want to do is you want to rate out to someone who has like a viewer count or a follower count that's similar to yours. And that way, you're more likely to make a connection with each other and perhaps like support each other in the future, developing your own community through other people. Right. I know that's not exactly what he said, but that's that's what stuck out to me of just, you gotta write out every stream. It's close enough. It's close enough. Yeah. Your viewers would get to know their viewers, vice versa. Right. It's a nice little exchange. We exchange around here. Other than that, um, you at least want to be somewhat consistent with your scheduling. You could just mm -hmm. do whenever, but viewers would like have... To have a general sense of when they can expect you to stream. Mm -hmm. So that way they at least know, like, to check you out if they happen to have an available night. Right. And something else that I also do, there's this website called sullygnome.com where you can check out the most watched games on Twitch to sort of give you a better understanding of, like, what are the latest trends in gaming right now. Say that website again? Uh, sullygnome.com. Okay. S-U-L-L-Y-G-N-O-M-E. We will be getting you guys a link for that as well. I'll make sure that that's somewhere for you guys to look up and click on and everything else. You also have to keep in mind that, especially if you're a small time streamer starting out, you shouldn't go for games that are too popular because chances are there are super popular Twitch streamers that are already doing it. For example, a lot of people play League of Legends. So unless you're really good, Maybe consider trying out other games that are still well-known, but not crazy popular. Right. Another like, thing. Don't, yeah. If there happens to be a situation where I'm just going to use this game as an example, because I've seen it happen. Let's say everyone is playing Elden Ring. Chances are it might be better for you to not play Elden Ring, because that's literally what everyone else is doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. And to put it... In, like, two-tone zone words of what Gami is saying, be original. Don't copy anybody. It's okay to see what other people are doing, just so you can get a good sense and idea of what you're trying to gain towards. But when it comes to you first starting out, don't play any high brand games. Don't play any games that have a lot of attention to them. Not saying that it might not happen for you. If you feel like you have a good niche and you're able to pull it off, go straight ahead. But you'll want to at least gauge yourself just a little bit with games that still somewhat hold value and will still have people wanting to come watch you play, at, in a sense. At the same time, don't play games that are, like, overly obscure either. I kind of made the mistake of, like, picking 
a whilst new, still relatively obscure game for like a solid week. And I think I only got like one viewer per stream. What game was it? It was it was called Growing Up. It's like a life simulator. Um. Yeah, judging by Two Tones' reaction, he hasn't heard that game either. So people, no, I- <laughs> people aren't going to be looking it up when trying to figure out who to watch. Well, now I am going to look it up because, like I said, sometimes it's not necessarily, like, the game itself. Not saying you're boring, but it's, like, sometimes whoever is playing the game can either make or break that game. So, who knows? The game actually might not be up to par. I mean, the game itself is very enjoyable. It's just Mm -hmm. not many people really looking around to watch it. Uh... You might have gotten a nice little following. I It takes some time. Sometimes some of those sort of things do take time. Like, oh, you're still doing this? Okay, well, next we'll see what it's about since you're still here on it. <laughs> this was um, also, uh, this was also back when I was, like, originally just starting out. Yeah. So at that time, I didn't have a following yet. Yeah, who knows? People might enjoy it now. That is possible. That is possible. They might. Got any last-minute advice for our viewers mm-hmm. here? Um, literally find your niche, love yourself, have fun. If you are trying to do it for money, it is going to be very difficult for you to get to where you want to get to trying to do it for money. But hey, I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying make sure you plan things out. Other than that, I have nothing else to say. Gami, you have anything? At the end of the day, enjoy what you're doing. Well, with that being said, thank you all so much for tuning into Geek Soup. I am your host, Two-Tone, with my lovely co-host, Origami Cyclone Fan. Thank you all for tuning in, and hope you all have a nice week, month, however long. Okay, bye guys, bye guys, love you, mean it, bye. Bye. What is the number one thing you would never want your parents to find out about you? Uh, um, 100% that I do not want my parents to know about me is... They, they, they are very much against, like, smoking mar- marijuana and doing stuff, like, with, with, with pot. And, uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy it. <laughs> Is it legal in Canada? Yeah, it's legal, but they're just oh, they're, okay. they're just no, very much enjoy against the show it. They're like they're, <laughs> they're just very much against it. I'm like, how how can they they be against something like this? It's it could like you, you don't die. <laughs> you can't. Like, yeah, you, you don't die. Yeah, and I can attest. Ones. I used to I used to back when I was um, seventeen, eighteen. Um, but then I joined the army and I didn't do it for four years. And then when I got out of the army, I tried it again. And I couldn't do it. I like my friend. I used to run an esports org with him. And uh, my friend, he was like, hey, man, come down to Dallas and we'll go down to the square and we'll vibe. And I was like, oh, I'm five minutes away from that. So we went down to the square and he's like, here, I brought you this joint and take it. It's not legal here in the States. Um, <laughs> or at least here where I am. Um, and so he hands me this joint and I'm like, oh, I used to do this. Shit. I can take it. So I go, <laughs> I literally throw up right there in front of him. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> Alrighty. Steve or Jay, whoever wants to tell us what your parents don't want to find out about you. Uh, sure. Uh, uh, well, see, uh, me and my mom, uh, I, I only have uh, my mom. I don't have a dad, but my, my oh, mom. Okay, the, well, I can be your dad. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> gonna have to fight me for it. 
Uh, I mean, it's just whoever gets to his mom first. Well, uh, well then, and all right, guys, I'll see you guys in like <laughs> five minutes. Wait, is your mom hot? Well, I, I can't answer that. I feel like if I if I say yes, if I say yes, it's bad. If I say no, it's also bad. Send me a picture of your mom. I'll be the judge. Uh, let's see if I can find one. Now we got the milf hunter right here. I can answer that. What's your answer? Yeah, he he'll answer. He's he, he knows. I'm not gonna answer in front. I of you. I still want to see what his mom looks like though. See, see I can just run down down the road. <laughs> right down the road. That'd be a little weird of a visit, to be honest. <laughs> It'd be like, hey, you only see me like at work, but <laughs> I need to prove. I need does, to make a point. To does Ducky. your mom? <laughs> does your mom want an American visa? <laughs> I got it, bro. <laughs> uh, it does not have any pictures of his mom. Imagine. Okay, let's see it. Let's see it. It's, it's Halloween. It to me on Discord. Yeah, I'll, I'll message you. Pog. There we go. She's in costume. Don't mind but... me, Steven. <laughs> Steven's the owner of the podcast that we're talking on right now, by the way. He's the one buried in my backyard. I see, I see. Oh, yeah. No, is that you in the backseat right there? No, that's my brother in the backseat. <laughs> um, yeah, if she ever wants an American visa, tell her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let her know, I'll let her know. All righty. My turn, baby. <laughs> He didn't even say it yet. We were just talking about his mother. I'm skipping over him. Nah, go ahead. All right. My my thing's probably like, she's usually pretty chill with most of the things I do. I don't think there's anything Uh she'd ever really be mad at. But the one thing I probably would avoid letting her know would probably, I've done uh, psychedelic mushrooms once. Thought we were going for the sex destroy. Pog. No, that, that's the. Yeah, I did. I, I've done them. Uh, I think well, twice actually, and uh, I probably wouldn't want her finding out about that because I don't know how she'd react. That's a <laughs> you got a lot of druggies in the podcast today. Woo! Okay, <laughs> Jay, what's yours? Probably that I'm on like four dating sites and bring home a different woman every other night. <laughs> that kind hey. of ruined my reputation in my household. Jay, are you hot as shit? I wouldn't particularly say I am, but I just know the secret. Yes. Wait, which one is Jay in the latest um, Five Eleven video? Uh, he's with Steve every every Steve dream. So he'd be Steve the Stardew Valley achievement hunting would probably be the last one. But Dr. Don't I don't think face. that's uploaded. Okay, Dr. I'll go look. Jonesy. I'll go look. His face ain't I'll in it though. You can hear, you'll only be able to hear him. His face ain't in it. It's just a live stream. I don't think he was ever in a a, a, a video with his. He face. hasn't been in one yet, but oh, we'll get him in. There. I bet Jay, uh, Jay, I bet you're a hot dude, dude. I hope so. He's pretty hot. There's got to be a method behind my madness. <laughs> Alrighty, and um, for my mom, um, I would not want her to find out uh, that I am talking to a woman that she told me not to talk to. Because wow. she used, she knows her mom, and her mom is bad crazy. But the thing about it is, she hates her mom too. <laughs> well, I mean, that just works out. Yeah. So, um, but from my dad, maybe I don't know. Dads are always more. Uh, my dad's kind more, of a vibe. He's kind of chill. Um, I don't know that I pissed on a dog once. <laughs> you what? what kind of <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I was drunk. At a barracks party, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so I go outside of the barracks and into the courtyard to take a piss. And me, drunk as shit, I'm stumbling and I get to this little ledge where I stick my hand up and I start to take a piss, right? And being drunk, you really can't control the flow of that. Of and so I'm pissing. And then here comes my friend's dog up to like, cause like I love this dog and this it dog was a loves a known me. dog too. What? Yes. And this dog, <laughs> this dog loves the fuck out of me. Anytime he sees me, he's always like hopping on my leg. So I'm drunk. I'm sitting here holding myself up with this, with this wall here and I'm just pissing and up comes this dog and he just runs directly into the stream. And I'm like, God, di- no, <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. God. Please. And Maybe the owner, the owner found his dog like an hour later and he's like, why is my dog wet? <laughs> no, <laughs> he touched yeah, it too then. Uh, he peed oh. on himself. <laughs> dog got too drunk and pissed Two himself. Two birds with one stone. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'd say that this is like, this is like the one thing I don't want my dad to find out. But other than that, we're vibing. <laughs> Well, yeah, my mom, I definitely don't want her to know the chick that I'm talking to right now <laughs> until I, like- I get it like fleshed out and I can be like, mom, she's pog. That's fine. Um, <laughs> she hates her mom, too. Uh- <laughs> what the fuck is it's pog? Okay. You can bond and then you just leave them in a room together to talk about how bad it is. Yeah. Just be like, you two uh, sit here. I'm going to drive to Canada. I'll be back. <laughs> Are you as hungry? Because this is the first episode. We have a wonderful guest today. Welcome to the Pajalas, the Victor James Luke Aaron Show. We have a wonderful guest today, soon to be future critically acclaimed published author. What do you want me to call you on this? Do you want me to just uh, I I write. That's it. I'm just a writer. Just, I write for fun. You're just a yeah. writer? Yeah. Just, just no, a no writer. Just, just a writer. Just a, just a writer. Okay. Fiction, so- poetry, nonfiction. I just right. So featuring just a writer. Just a writer. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Ryder. That's what we're going to call you. Justin Ryder. Justin Ryder. That sounds that's like a porn, porn star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, just riding left and right. <laughs> is it chicks with dicks or is it dudes with boobs? What do you mean? Like as a preference or what? I mean, just if you're, if you're out there riding dicks, is it? I, I mean, I said I was just a writer. You came up with all the other stuff. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Let's get into this shit. So you, good sir, are a, if I can recall this correctly, you're a cosmic horror enthusiast. I do enjoy cosmic horror, yeah. It's one of the influences. If there's a genre that it all kind of falls under, it's cosmic horror and then uh, transcendental sci-fi. Wait, what is transcendental sci-fi? Transcendental sci-fi is a genre that is actually just kind of sits in sci-fi kind of as a whole, but there are certain authors that have definitely stand out as unique because of the transcendental kind of element. So Olaf Stapledon would be one. Um, Arthur C. Clarke, who was also a Buddhist, I know that would be one. one. Okay, yeah. So if you've seen the the movie two thousand one, 
that's that would be transcendental sci-fi. Okay, so I thought that was just Stanley Kubrick on like an acid trip. It was probably some of that too. <laughs> <laughs> like Stanley Kubrick and Hunter S. Thompson are just chilling in a room tripping. He's like, you know what? We all came from monkeys and then another monkey is going to bash <laughs> this other monkey in the head with a rock. And that was the first instance of black on black crime. But... <laughs> Your face Wait, you mean because they're monkeys? That's, I didn't say that's that. That's deplorable. I didn't say that. <laughs> that's totally where you were going with that. <laughs> As it took were. me a second. I was like, wait, what is what is the... Oh, my God. On that shit again. <laughs> but continue, continue. Yeah, so that's kind of the, the influences. Uh, my academic background is philosophy and religious studies. And then I also have an art degree, like visual art. But philosophy and religion also influence my fiction writing i feel like religion and philosophy also influence cosmic horror and transcendental sci-fi or any horror and sci-fi when it's really good well how so like well i mean 2001 would be an example uh arthur c Clarke is a buddhist and also an agnostic and okay. i mean if yeah in 2001 that those kinds of notions of like transcending kind of like our previous step you know so they go right. from like the apes to the people to the star child floating out in space and then also yeah there's the kind of agnostic notions because what dave bowman kind of runs into i mean we would call it in almost every sense godlike but at the same time it's very much like embedded in the material universe it's not something necessarily like supernatural okay okay just out of curiosity do you think god would be like an alien or not an alien sorry sorry i mean yeah yeah an alien ai i um, think that's like what the cosmic core is because like we don't actually know what yeah. it would look like i mean i've seen the pictures of accurate biblical depictions of angels and i'm not gonna lie i was myself dude yeah and i actually have some stories where i play with the multi-eyed angels from like ezekiel and it's apocryphal but like the book of enoch where like yeah like there's a reason the first thing they say is like fear not and it's because usually like yeah it's this multi-eyed thing with wheels dimensional and- being yeah those some shit out of a zelda or final fantasy video game yeah you can also kind of see where those kinds of, like the book of enoch i feel like it's influenced definitely games and cosmic horror and things like that i would just be like why so many eyes this is what you mean by all seeing just so many eyes my personal opinion i think you kind of touched on it earlier which is the psychedelics and transcendentalism they have some overlap one of the things i think that people talk about when they have experiences with psilocybin or lsd is they see eyes everywhere so (laughs) i I think it's possible that enoch or ezekiel or isaiah when they were writing this stuff may have gotten into some ergot or something like that (laughs) the wheat had gone bad ate way too much nutmeg and they're just tripping balls going like hey there's an angel and it's just like being like pigskin soccer ball (laughs) just rolling down the street (laughs) yeah all right so why exactly you gravitated towards this what about this is really the appeal you have an affinity for it you have a very strong attraction to this particular genre i mean your works which if you're willing to read something Yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely i would love to hear them i'm pretty sure our listeners would like to hear them as well but cool what is it that's so 
alluring. So I grew up in a fundamentalist kind of a evangelical Christianity. And one of the things about that is that you have this, like, who and what God is, is very clearly defined. It's God fits in a nice little package. God has a name. God has a son. God talks to you. And morality is black and white, quote. You kind of have all of the answers. And I think when Lots of people, when they leave that kind of background, they tend to just become atheists. They don't typically examine more mystical forms of Christianity. They don't go into Buddhism, anything like that. And yeah, I became an atheist, a pretty militant one at that. But then I started reading Olaf Stapledon. He was an agnostic. He was also a philosopher, Mm -hmm. but he wrote fiction. He wrote science fiction. It was something that I realized, I think, that like as a fundamentalist Christian turned angry atheist, I found out while reading uh, Last and First Men. Mm-hmm. that my spirituality was kind of only just beginning. That if I was to take the scope and scale of the universe as serious as possible and my place in it, I end up as this tiny, tiny little thing and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And every time you answer a question, there's more questions behind that question and you get lost in it. And notions like God or the divine or anything like that become much bigger, even though I don't really believe in like a God that is interested in, you know, the daily activities of humans or what they do in the bedroom or anything like that. It's the mystery gets bigger. And I think that's one of the things that happens in cosmic horror and science fiction. I think really good science fiction is like what makes it good is when it gets into the scope and scale of universes rather than, you know, the scope and scale of our daily lives. Okay. Okay. That's a lot to digest. In a good way. In a cool. good way. That, 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 was, that, was, that was very clear. You need the assignment to the extra credit. <laughs> Before we get onto your poem, I have a okay. question. Why is it often all or nothing when someone leaves a religious upbringing? I didn't have a religious upbringing. What I had was, you know, one of the few things that my parents said I really do appreciate is we were allowed to choose if yeah. we wanted to go to church or not. And it wasn't for me. And it wasn't from lack of trying. Like, I tried a bit um, with people. But um, yeah. at that particular church, not all people in the church. Yeah. That's a priest job. But, <laughs> um, but I got to choose if I wanted to go or not. Yeah. And for me personally, my relationship with spirituality has always been like, do I believe in something that's there that's greater than us? I don't rule it out. Yeah. It might be there. I just don't think it cares. Kind of like you said, yeah. what we do in the bedroom, what cloth we wear, what we're eating, all that good. It just never seems like there's any real middle ground. I hear yeah. from people who come from a religious upbringing like, oh, there's nothing there. It's like, well, why can't there be something there that's just as up as humans are? Yeah. Especially if we allegedly come from it. Yeah. I mean, I think what happens is when, like, when you have a religious belief, you have a conception of God. And if you come to realize that that conception isn't correct, then that's always how you've defined God. So, like, when I say I don't believe in God, what I mean is a God that created us and looks after us and hears our prayers and is vitally interested in our day-to-day lives. But at the same time, like Buddhism is absolutely fascinating. Many of them would call that a deity, not all of them. Quakers would be another one who historically are Christian, though there are also non-theist Quakers and Buddhist Quakers and Muslim Quakers and Jewish Quakers. But their conception is that if you have certain kinds of experiences, like if you fall in love or if you look at a night sky you feel something in you that's divine. And what they believe is that everybody has something 
divine inside of them and you want to tap into that. They want to nurture that and grow it. She's about to so yeah. <laughs> and so for me, in my background, that doesn't feel like what the word God means. But I mean, a lot of people who've grown up in Eastern cultures are like the idea that God throws lightning bolts and like, that's not what they have ever meant by God. So I think that's why a lot of people, I think, tend to become atheists after leaving, like say Christianity, because what they mean by God is the Christian God. And if they don't believe in that, then it's like you said, it's all or nothing. Like, I don't believe in this God anymore. There is no God. So yeah, that was my experience. And I know many friends that I had that they also all became atheists. Like that was their experience as well. Thank you really for answering that. This is a really nice insight. This is a really nice backdrop. Because the more we've done this, we've recorded this episode like, what, four times now? Yeah. Like close to <laughs> yeah, like like three or four times by now. It's nice to actually sit down and like actually see your reactions. Or yeah. to, every time you bring this up, I just I learn more about you, and cool. you just become more interesting person. Oh, in a great you. way, in a great way. You're you're a great person. Cool. Um, I appreciate that. Just just a writer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you have some of your uh, works. Yeah. What with time constraints and stuff, we'll stick to the poetry stuff, though. Yeah, I do have works of short fiction. And actually, um, in the context of God and specifically Christianity, I have one here called Struggle. I actually just read this at a little event called Church of the Eternal Hunger, and I realized as I had it in my list that several of the people there were clearly uh, Christians, which, you know, great, cool. They didn't seem toxic in any kind of way or anything like that. But I'll go ahead and clarify this here as well as I did there. My poems are typically, um, they come from a place of fear. Like a lot of times what I do is I'll be camping, I'll sit out by a fire in the middle of the night by myself. And when, you know, that creepy feeling comes, I just get to know it rather than go and hide in my tent. For the night is dark and full of terrors. Originally, the book that I'm working on now, which is going to be called To Unknown Gods, Psalms of Cosmic Horror from the Dark Woods, it was originally written as kind of like a collection of campfire readings. They're almost like horror stories for the campfire, but written in like a poetic form. So yeah, this poem is called Struggle, but again, it's not as blasphemous as it appears on its surface. Okay. It comes from a place of fear, so struggle. When he comes to claim me, I will not die. I will not give up this love to the dark. Hear the song the wind is singing through the leaves. Breathe deep the smell of the pines. Would you let him render you senseless? Is the song I hear sadder or sweeter than what you hear? Is my sunset brighter, my night deeper? Is it my soul embrace that will not be torn apart so easily? Say what you will, but I cannot believe that this deepest of beauty is mine alone. Let me hear that he is good. Say that he is just. Did Moses not plead for the lives of the innocents against him? Did not his own prophets curse him? Speak to me of his mighty hand. Were not Jacob's fists just as fast and just as strong? Where Jacob took to limping, I will take his head. I will tear the ladder from under his feet before he even reaches the ground. For this tired flesh is my house of worship, the place from which I come and where I will go, my womb and my casket. I am not resigned, and surrender will not be my final breath. When he comes to claim me, I will not die, I will not give up this love to the dark. But if his vile hand should take me, then let my struggle against him forever echo in these trees. That was a... Uh, it was quickly. kind of blasphemous. <laughs> um, but I think it's also kind of in orthodox in a weird way, the notion of like Jacob 
having fists that are just as fast and just as strong is because, yeah, in the Bible, Jacob actually gets in like a fist fight with God. What ends up happening is God tells him that he's going to give him Israel, which literally means struggles against God. It means struggle. He had a limp after that. You know, usually when a guy named Jacob tells me he's going to get into some fisting with me, (laughs) I usually have a limp afterwards as well. The fist of God. Oh, my. Oh, my. That sounds intense. (laughs) It is. It it really is. I really don't know what to say. Like, I'm trying to think of something witty to say and all, but that actually really is thought provoking. And I'm one of those people where like, I'll read something like three or four times and then start piecing together everything. Yeah. One of the things that influences some of the writing is uh, Gnosticism. I mean, it existed for a while. First, second, third century, probably the most kind of like unorthodox Christianity where they tended to look at God as, you know, people typically understand God as the bad guy. The serpent was the good guy. The serpent was the one that was like, here, let's eat of this tree of knowledge. You know, what can be wrong with knowledge? You need knowledge. And I yeah. Mean, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things I think that Gnostics were like railing against. Gnosticism means knowing. And so like they'll point to Solomon, who like God was like, I'll give you anything you want. And Solomon's like, I would like wisdom. So God gives him wisdom and yeah, his life collapses. Like wisdom was bad for him. (laughs) He's not wrong though. I mean, that's literally the monkey paw right there. It's like, you want to know the truth? You can't handle the truth. At that moment, I would just been like, yo, just like, let me like stay. Just turn me into a vampire. That's what I would say. I could become anything. I want to be a sexy, true blood vampire for like all eternity, but I want to be able to walk in the sun. Yeah. So one of the things I don't think I'm ever going to be able to like relate like in fiction is because you have to have something that people kind of uh, want or that they desire. Otherwise, they don't kind of they don't empathize with the with the protagonist, like the hero of a story. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to live forever. I would hate to live forever. I get bored or something like that. And I can't like now, like if experience isn't a good thing, I don't think that anything can be. Right. Like there's not yeah. If if you if you're bored that means your experience isn't a positive one. You need to fix your experience, not I mean even, die. <laughs> yeah, even if it's a negative one. There's there's people I know where they constantly make negative experiences because it keeps things interesting, you know. Yeah. That that friend of yours who dates, you know, that bad boy where you're like, Don't date this this ain't no good news and they get the but I love him and then next thing you know, it's just like, you know, absolute Armageddon. And then they break up and they get back together and they break up and they get back together and all that again. But it keeps it interesting. I never understood when people go like, oh, I would get bored. Yeah. Because even though humanity is predictable, humans also know how to like mask that to keep it interesting. And we do do unpredictable things once in a while, which keeps it like on your toes. Yeah. And I mean, just the stuff that we create and that we can learn. I mean, like, you're never going to watch every movie. You're never going to read every book. You're never going to know everything. Like, I don't, right. In fact, when you learn new things, you typically end up with 10 more questions for every answer you get. Right. And yeah. Any, any story I read or something is always like it becomes an influence you want to expand on it you want to explore it further i feel like if somebody is uh, is comfortable with death 
that means that your life just isn't worth preserving. You should really just try to improve your I, life. I would just, I would just be like, you know, I just think if you're that wise, you'd be wise enough to get a therapist. Yeah. If I ever get comfortable with death, I think I should, that's when I should get terrified because that means I've actually at that point have hit a life that isn't worth living. Do you have any stories about that? I mean, the one that I just read was kind of about that. I mean, yeah. I was like, <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a catch 22 question. So then since we're on a topic of getting one thing, one wish. Uh-huh. And that, not like the type of wish where it's like a Disney movie where it's like, oh, hey, I, I wish for a million bucks. And then you literally get like a million deers. And a genie's like, ha, 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 plagiarism. Gen- and then like dips. It's like, no, you're just an asshole. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about like one wish. Like the intent is known. What would you wish for? Okay. Yeah. I actually, I have a poem about that even. So I would go with, uh, so there's, Faust by Goethe. Like it's kind of a cliched story now. It wasn't so much at the time, even though it was actually a telling of another story called The Tragedy of Dr. Faustus. In it, there's this guy named Faust and he makes this deal with Mistopheles, who's essentially the devil. And the idea is like, it's the classic story of like, if you do this thing for me, you can have my soul. But the thing that he makes the deal with the devil about is not like money or eternal life or anything like that. It's life as full as it can be. So it needs to have all of the pain and all of the beauty, everything. And if he ever gets to the point where he says, okay, I can't take it anymore. This is too much. Then the devil can have his soul. There's been like these other movies where like usually a guy is like, well, if I get this girl, then you can have my soul, Satan. Which to me, I'm like, yo, like you literally just could find another girl. It's called a prostitute. (laughs) Like you could pay her to do the same thing for like 30 bucks. She'll do anything. Anything. <laughs> and you get to keep your soul. I you get guess. to keep your I soul. Know. I mean, unless the thing she does to you is, you know. Soul sucking. Uh, she's going to suck the right. soul out of you. That sounded so tacky. She's that was just, not where I was going like with, meant to go with she's that. Gonna, she's a suck you buy. You know, you, you, she sucks and you buy. Yeah, you just I, go. I get you, it. Yeah. Did you, know, <laughs> you know, she's bisexual. You buy her and she'll get sexual. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this poem is uh, called A Fireside Incantation to Agnostos Theos. Agnostos Theos just means unknown god. And yeah, it was partly inspired by that part in Faust, where mm-hmm. Faust is like, yeah, I've, I've tried everything. I've experienced so much. I've learned all there is to learn. I want what I want is for life to rip me apart in all of its splendor. I would just been like, did you try turning it off and turning it back on again? (laughs) (laughs) Blowing in it. Right. So, uh, fireside incantation to an unknown God. I have no holy book, but mystery, no guide, but stars. I do not plead from a deadwood church that you send rain. I seek you as you are, not as I wish you to be. If you crush my soul to pieces, let these woods take its place. Even now my pleasures have their fount, and the stars behold my sorrow from their paths. When I depart, let be all that will be. Fullness is not found in contentment, I do not beseech you for joy. Press upon me eldritch exhilarations and love's sharpest pain. Enamor me with unreachable stars, my arms stretched out forever in intoxicating tragedy. If I come to know all things, do not save me from the implications. And if I love, let the truth that it will end illuminate its every manifestation. Heap upon me ecstasy and despair in true measure until all life within my inmost being is wrenched forth 
Then let my soul expand to the forest, the continent, the world, and the stars, so that in your abyss I too will be stranded with them. Cease from me the sound and smoke of my faith. I do not know your name, nor have I ever, and I do not insist that you abide by my soul's withered pretenses. Here I will let be what is, and in silence I will wait on the unknown, whether you come to enlighten or to claim. And that actually kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with, yeah. Like, I think if people were inside my head, they'd go, oh, yeah, you're you're an atheist. But, I mean, I feel like I'm an agnostic and, like, clearly, like, yeah, sitting out by a fire. There's something stirring that's moving me to, to write and say this kind of stuff. And, yeah, so. For the night is dark and full of terrors. For the night is dark and full of terrors. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank and you. And I don't feel atheism. I mean, I'm hearing it. Yeah. And like I said, I'm going to have to read this a few times, but I'm not feeling personally atheism. I do feel agnostic because personally for me, I always look as like, you just have questions. Mm-hmm. It's something can exist and you not believe in it. I mean, yeah. like we, we elect politicians all the time where it's like, oh, wonderful, Joe Biden. How are them fingers tasting? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, I like this. I don't believe in it, though. It just sounds like you have questions. There's a philosopher a long time ago, William James, said that it was almost impossible for somebody to be an agnostic because if they think about the question for any amount of time, they'll lean one way or the other. They're going to think, oh, it's more possible this or the other thing is more possible. If I think about like what I call God or what I mean by the word God, I don't think I believe in that, like an unknown kind of like the Church of the Eternal Hunger, like there were Christians there and it was perfectly fine. I feel like when people like Christians and atheists or whatever, the idea that they're like dwelling in the presence of the unknown, like they can give each other high fives and hugs in that kind of situation. It's the people who are like, I know what God is and I know what God wants and I know it's gender and I know. (laughs) I'd be like, do you, do you, do you have the receipts, Diane? No way. I want to see the receipts. Yeah. I, I don't, I can't get behind that. And I think it's not sincere. I feel like those people are more atheists than I am because they're the ones who are like, I know exactly what God is and what it wants. They don't try to deal with God as it actually yeah. is. So it's, it's also funny that so many times, like you can read in the Bible, like Matthew 25, where it describes like progressivism. Like Jesus is like, take care of the poor, take care of the hungry, people in prison, let's the immigrants. Some, let's, eat some pro- let's eat with some prostitutes. You know? <laughs> right? All of that. And like somehow they read it and they get, I'm, I I kick out the immigrants and hate the gays and the, like you know, it just, they, how dare you sense. abort a baby? It's like, I'm pretty sure there's abortion in the Bible someplace where it's just like. The ordeal of bitter, of bitter waters. Oh yeah. yeah that, that's what it was. Yeah. It's- that happened on House of the Dragon. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> she was like, hey, her dad was like yo you need to drink this because you might have your uncle and she was like but i didn't fuck her uncle she didn't she her uh, night but she fucked her guard but he was oh. like you need to drink this tea so that way you don't end up having a baby yeah uncle. and it's that's, just like yeah, that, um, that doesn't sound like abortion to me that sounds like plan b yeah plan t well there's all, uh, there's uh the nirvana song penny royalty Penny Royal Tea is in a, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, it, it causes uh, miscarriage. Yeah, abortion's been around for a long time. It's also weird, too, that like a lot of Christians will like look at Jesus, who lived in Rome, 
like LGBTQ. Like they had so I many mean, letters. Literally, never once brought it up. Literally, Rome was like, <laughs> "Hey, everybody's allowed to do whatever you want." Yeah. And it's like you got a bunch of you know Roman nobles who are like, "Oh yeah, these are my gang of little boys." And you're like, "Um, excuse me." And the Romans were like, "Oh yeah, that's just how it be sometime." And abortion that was, it was very common at the time. And Dude never says a word about any of it. He's just like, yeah. She's like, okay, yeah. Like, she had a baby. She was gonna have a baby. And then she said, not today. <laughs> not today. You know, some people get have twins or gonna have yeah. twins and then they get it aborted. And then it becomes, damn, double homicide. <laughs> yeah, double homicide. Yeah, but, that kind of belief in God, I just, that's gotta be closer to idolatry. And when that- you find God in. He, like specifically, he is in agreement with you on everything. <laughs> like yeah, it yeah. just, I no, can't get behind that. That that God is literally, I think, best personified in the amazing, phenomenal, timeless show, The Boondocks, where Uncle Ruckus, no relation, finds out that <laughs> <laughs> finds out that he has cancer, terminal cancer. He's going to die. So he has a prophecy, as a premonition, a prophetic dream. That he oh, goes it's Ronald to, Reagan. Yeah, and he yes. goes to White okay. Heaven, and yeah. <laughs> who greets him at the gate is it's Ronald Wilson Reagan. Yeah, and he sits here and talks about how like God doesn't really care about what we do on Earth or racism, as yeah. long as you sit here and you feel one kind of way, you can come into White Heaven, and that's just the same God. I feel like I'm like this is just a 1950s angry white man. Yeah, for sure. So like you look at the like Catholic Church, and I mean there are many many good Catholics, but that being said, the position of the Catholic Church is that yeah, women don't have positions of leadership. You can be a nun, but you can't be a priest. And like behind that, I mean, for a lot of people, they'll think, oh, that's just tradition or whatever. No, that does misogyny. Yeah. And it's really fucked up. Like, because you have a penis, you get in touch with God in ways that other people on the planet just can't. Right. Just because they were born that way. Like, how dare you you make riblets, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what you get for having a period. Sat on my white couch, slut. Like, I just, I don't understand it because I'm like, okay, anything. If God had a gender, I would think it'd be more akin to a feminine one because that's where life comes from. Vaginas. Yeah. I'm going to say it six times. Vagina, 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 vagina. <laughs> I don't know what God would do with a gender. I, I mean- like what you said, you know, if it's like an alien thing where there's just something so much more advanced than us that it checks off all the boxes of essentially God, like maybe they play around with gender. I don't know. And earlier when I said the thing about having a penis, like I was talking about gender specifically when they cut within the context right, of the Catholic right. church. No, I, 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 know, yeah. I know like, like yeah, cisgender penis doesn't mean your gender. Is, right. You know? Right. But like, because someone has a penis and goes, I'm a rough and tough male. It's like, okay. So if anything, I would think you're less godly by default. Cause like, what do you know about birthing light? Like, cradling something from nothing literally from nothing yeah within your own boundaries of your shell yeah and then bringing that into the world or failing to bring that into the world or deciding not nah, my vagina my rules and just ejecting that it like delete it delete us the you know yeah. fetus delete us there we go that's another weird thing too is when people have such a conception of the notion like if you're gonna say that a political or civic 
decision, right? That, right? that like it's going to be forced on everybody. And your argument is that the soul enters the zygote at the moment of conception. When people are in that kind of religion, they will teach a child who's like five or six, this is how the entire cosmos works. And it's like, and it's like no, you don't, this is not even how this, this is, block works. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> like, no. People don't realize like even in their own cities. Yeah. Like there's a bubble. I mean, except for New Yorkers, because I mean, they just don't give a f- <laughs> but um people just don't realize like in their own cities what your little castle your home is mm-hmm. is not like what your neighbor is yeah like some people grow up where you're that girl who was uh trapped with her siblings for like was it 15 years in the basement and she oh, like yeah yeah, yeah she like escaped and, yeah she yeah. escaped and she just living next to you know quote unquote normal people and then you get blue ivy carter where it's like okay but your mom's beyonce <laughs> your dad's a camel so like you know you're yeah. sitting there going like everyone's little bubble is not the same yeah for sure but the extremity of that like that kind of claim that you're asking you like you're deciding laws based on a soul once a sperm and egg meet there's a soul like at the moment of conception, it just enters in. You don't need a central nervous system. Doesn't matter if it can feel pain or anything. Like it's it. None no. of this makes sense. You can't ask everybody to get on board with that I, because you know God directly. <laughs> yeah, like like I'd be like, yeah, you know, call him up right now. Sh- show me his text messages. Right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. No way. I want to see the receipts. We are actually running out of time. This okay. has been a really fun one, though. Cool. This has been a really fun episode. Yeah. Especially for our first episode, we're tackling. Now, here's the fun part. You ready? So, my producer, Steve, uh-huh. wonderful guy. I've talked to him a couple of times. Yeah. Is a Christian. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, I know, right, King? He's he's a Christian, but he's like- You could have told me this before we started talking. No, I'm kidding. Okay. You know, I, I, I honestly, I kind of forgot. Yeah. Because he's just such a down-to-earth, chill person. Yeah. Um, I love Christians. But he, he's I mean, open to having the conversations a lot of other Christians don't want to have. And that's what attracts me to this. Yeah. Because I think that's really cool. So, he might think something differently, but he wants to have those conversations. Or if yeah. that conversation comes up, it's not just let's just shut it down. Some people think, like me, just eat the baby. Oh, I thought you said eat. No, 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 no. This is not dumplings. No. Or at Hills Have Eyes. Have you seen the Hell's Have the old one from the? I haven't. 70s I haven't seen the old one. I've seen clips. I there's saw like the- a cannibal runs into a trailer and actually starts going eat the baby because there's a baby. I I saw there. the the quote unquote the new one. I mean, mm-hmm. it's from 2005. Holy shit! The girl from Lost was it Emily the Raven or something like that? The Australian chick. Oh, she had a baby on Lost, but she, yeah, uh, they kidnapped the baby. Yeah, but I don't think they eat the baby. I don't remember if they eat the baby or not. In the- I mean, that's one way to get stem cells, right? Would it be like veal? I don't know. There's stem cells in embryonic fluid. I don't know why people who are quote unquote pro-life, anti-choice people are like, yeah, still whining about stem cells, but they do. I just always think of South Park when Al Gore just cracks like <laughs> the skull with oh, yeah, open. and they're like just drinking them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like a Capri Sun. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm on that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's better than a, it's better than the Ronald Reagan the Ronald Reagan conversation. Yeah, the last that would have had it. I could take one thing from the other conversation would be the Ronald Reagan <laughs> commentary. Thank you so much for doing this four times over. Oh, dude, it's all good. Do you have any closing comments? Probably around late spring, I should have a book out called Unknown Gods: Songs of Cosmic Horror from the Dark Woods by Matthew Isaac. Did I ever say my name? No, my name you, is Matthew no, Isaac. No, you said the whole time your name was just a writer. My name is not Justin Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> um, no, my name is Matthew Isaacs. And yeah, that book should be coming out late spring. I also have a poem coming out in Bewildering Stories, probably in early December. And Bewildering Stories is full of great reads, especially if you like speculative poetry, but they also have short fiction and oh. sometimes novellas and even full length novels. So there's a lot there. Ooh, I, I want to read this. Yeah. I want to, I want a sneak peek. I've never been to a movie premiere or a book premiere. Well, I mean, it's just Can an just, online publication. Oh, so I'd say okay. just, but yeah. Can I just be a groupie for like a night? I mean, I don't have any other groupies, so you'd just be like the one person. <laughs> so sure, yeah, you want to go? Hang right, out? Wonderful, wonderful, splendid, splendid. Just be like, oh yeah, like I got, I got to be this aspiring author's groupie. Do authors have groupies? I feel like Stephen King would. Maybe I'm picturing like George R. R. Martin. Like he definitely has groupies. He does. Like I, I've definitely seen pictures of him surrounded by like insanely beautiful women you know he's old so i'm not going to comment on his looks we all you know if we all get old we generally all look busted as fuck unless we're like vera wang with glasses on not vera wang without glasses on but <laughs> vastly different you look at her with glasses on you're like oh my god you're not a day over 30 she takes that off and it's just like damn yeah double homicide <laughs> george yeah. R. R. martin though i mean it's not just the age he, he wears that funny hat and the suspenders he just and looks stuff overtly british i don't even know if he's british he just looks like he eats like Could be like a tolkienian influence or something i don't know maybe but well, he writes a lot of sci-fi and stuff too i've never read game of thrones but i've read some of his short sci-fi works obviously game of thrones is the most popular one but apparently he has like other series that are actually like more highly reviewed yeah than the uh, a song of ice and fire series yeah but you know we'll see if he finishes them i think they're done I think the books are done. I think he's just sitting on it till he dies. So that way, whatever backlash happens, <laughs> he's like, well, I mean, I don't really give a fuck because I'm not here anymore. Yeah. But thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anytime. Always Just fun. a writer, Matthew Isaacs. Just a writer, Matthew Isaacs. Yep. And that was a wonderful discussion. We definitely have you back on here. Cool. And yeah, anytime. thank you, everybody, for tuning into the first episode of Vajalas. I, I, I don't know what... I mean, I know... It's the, it's it's, the acronym... Victor, Victor James Aaron. Oh, I didn't show. even know Luke was in there. Victor yeah. James Aaron was how I was saying. Yeah. Vajalas. Okay. Vajalas also just sounds overtly like it sounds like you shouldn't say it. It sounds yeah. it sounds like it's like it could be sexual. But it also sounds like it could be like a disease or like yeah, he's got Vajalas kind of like skirt. It makes me think of a JJ. I think people say Vajay. <laughs> 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 I'm good. I'm glad then. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I fi- I kind of felt like that would make you smile. So <laughs> it does make you make me smile. Aww. You're beautiful. Thanks. All right. Thank you guys so much. We have a litany of wonderful shows coming this season, and yeah, the next one's gonna blow your mind. Peace. Bye bye. I press the chart. I press the chart. Alrighty, on to the next question. What is the most ridiculous fact you know? Like absolutely weird as that you know it. Um, do you guys know? Hit ducks, me with it. Do you guys know ducks? Like they shoot out like a fucking harpoon. I feel like this is a duck. 
Well, yeah, that's that was unironically that was also going to be and my it falls off. and it falls and it falls off after. <laughs> well, no, it's it. They it's, fall off. They're built. Okay, they're ducks' penises. Ducks are built like like uh like almost like a um or screws like a key. They're like all uh-huh. bent and 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 because a duck's vagina is like a maze. Uh huh. Because so they have. Duck's vaginas have little pockets where if a duck has sex with them, it's a fake vagina and they'll come in the fake vagina and then they won't get pregnant. So they have to find the duck with the right penis to get to the right hole to get them pregnant. And I thought I had it rough. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. To build off of the, to build off of that. I mean, so so, maybe that's why I'm not getting laid so much because my name's Ducky. (laughs) Everyone's like everyone's just afraid. I'm a one. I'm a one. One hit wonder. <laughs> They're afraid you got a a big spiky key shaped penis <laughs> that falls off after intercourse. <laughs> Alrighty, Jay. What about you? I don't really got any like crazy outlandish facts. But, like you still get pregnant off a of dead guy's. All I really know. How'd you find that out? Experimenting. <laughs> Two questions: Go How and why? Like, were you just in a, like a like a morgue and you were like, you know what? Hey, babe, hop on that dude's. D-. Or were you <laughs> like, hey, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna jerk this dude off and see if he comes. If he's dead. He won't mind. I what, think I watched you... it on an episode of House. It was on an episode there. of House. Wasn't it on A Thousand Ways to Die? Oh yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, dude, okay. that show is fantastic. I, I think it was on there. I remember there was one episode where they had I never forget it was two people that were really shy and they had sex for the first time and they both died uh-huh. in, because of how embarrassed they were about being naked in front of each other. So they died. Yeah, that might sex. be me the next time I get laid. Because <laughs> every time I've been laid has been with the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got to do midday, man. Just like midday around like two, like one. <clears throat> midday? Just, what? Oh, yeah. Who has time for that? I got a job. <laughs> Oh, man, and I got was, stream. Like, it, like, it hits different. Grilled cheese on lunch. Oh yeah, good old. <laughs> I mean, I've. I'm not gonna say what I've done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but most ridiculous fact that I know is that dogs don't think of themselves as dogs. What do they think of themselves as? They just see themselves as beings. Like kind of like we don't see ourselves as like humans. We see ourselves as like people. We don't like. We're not like. Oh, hello, fellow human. I see. I see. Like, it's super weird the way dogs see themselves. And the way that they see us, it's super weird as shit. And the human penis is average at least three times bigger than your thumb. Oh, uh, I have one, yeah, that too. sounds about right. I have another one. Uh, oh, I was and just all of you guys are now looking at your thumbs, so pod. Is, is, it, is it the hand things like, <laughs> from, like, the base that, and, like, the... Elephants oh. look at us like we look at dogs. It was debunked. Was it debunked? What? Yeah, it what? was debunked. It was debunked no. recently. Yes, we are doing the podcast. The f*** are you on about? <laughs> oh, you're still streaming, aren't you? Yeah, I'm still I'm still live on Twitch, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, Twitch. Our chat. <laughs> We're talking about dogs here. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> All right, uh, on to the next question. 
What is something you've done while drunk that you would never do sober? I feel like mine mine falls back to like dancing on the dance floor as since (laughs) I can't dance. So no, my, my, my sober self would be like, don't dance. Don't dance. Oh, so you just you just need a little bit of that liquid confidence just to exactly. get out there and just be like, <laughs> just to boogie down and have some fun. I could be lame and just repeat my answer and say my ex girlfriend, but I have to think of something else. Girlfriend. Uh, I mean, one thing that I would never do sober while drunk would have to like I get I, like I become more vocal. Uh huh. And like I. I have no filter whenever I'm yeah. drunk. So like, That's what the alcohol is there for. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, I'll just say the most random issue. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like, I, like, I will, like, I have no boundaries, like, with, with what I say. Like, I'll walk up to someone who I just met and I'll say, you're a bitch. <laughs> just like, hey, you smell like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't get I don't get aggravated like aggro unless provoked. Okay, so honestly, when around Jason and he's drunk, caution, <laughs> caution ahead. I'm not bad when I'm drunk. I usually wear I usually just throw, throw on a toga and just me when I'm drunk. I'll say yes to just about anything, which has gotten me in quite a lot of trouble. This one time, my friend. <laughs> This isn't even the story I'm going to tell. I'm just putting another story on top of it. But my friend, he said, hey, do you want to go run in the hallway of the barracks? I was like, sure. Why the fuck not? And I'm already like six Bud Lights and like three Jaeger bombs in. And so I'm just like, sure. And so we start running down the hallway. My boy Taylor over here trips and sends his face straight through a window. Damn. (laughs) And me... I just fall on the ground laughing at him. I'm laughing my <laughs> ass off. And he's like, dude, help me. I'm like, but you look hilarious right now. <laughs> so I drag his ass to the barracks room. I put him in his bed. I tuck him in like the good friend I am. I literally use my hands like like moms do. And I just stick my hands underneath him. I tuck him in real nice. He's like, you're a really good friend. And I'm like, I know I am. You better <laughs> believe it. And I just walk into the barracks room <laughs> and I leave him there. He wakes up the next morning, cuts, blood all over his face, so f***ing confused. (laughs) But I'd have to say whenever, like, I'd say yes to anything, right? So this girl, she's in our little barracks party. Me, Taylor, my boy Devin, my boy uh, Harrison, we're all just vibing. Harrison's wife is there. Did you just run a fucking train? Uh, No. (laughs) Okay, that's where I thought that was going. Me... Being the, the weird loner that I am, I go out into the little common area out of the little barracks party that we're having. And I pour myself a little bit of water because I'm like, all right, I'm starting to get a little drunk. I should slow down a little bit so I can make it back upstairs to my room. This girl, she comes in out of nowhere and she's like, hey, do you want to come with me to my room? And I was like, sure. Why the fuck not? And so me with my thing of water, drunk as shit, walk into a room. We get to a room and I sit down on her bed, right? And she's like, so the thing about it is this isn't my room. I was like, well, whose green room is it? And she's like, oh, it's Falan's room. I was like, oh, so you brought me to the one bitch in this unit who would happily run me over with her car eight times to her room. She's like, 
yeah. And I was like, I'm leaving. And she's like, okay, I'll come too. And so we leave the room. We go back to the party. And then she's talking about, she's like, so what's your name? I was like, my name's Ducky. What's what's your name? She's like, my name is Jessica. And I was like, oh, well, nice to meet you, Jessica. And she's like, hey, so I heard you drive a motorcycle. I was like, I do, in fact, drive a motorcycle. She's like, what kind of motorcycle is it? I was like, it's got two wheels. (laughs) (laughs) Drunk me has the best humor. Very special kind. Much different than the three wheels. (laughs) She said, oh, cool. It has two wheels. I was like, yeah, it's got two wheels and a headlight and a horn. She's like, oh (laughs) my gosh, I need to see this motorcycle. Now, drunk me has no idea what's going on. He's just talking about his motorcycle in the most like standard details of any motorcycle on the planet, right? <laughs> so I go outside and I stumble and I trip over my motorcycle. And so I hear I'm laying like like across my motorcycle. And I'm like, so here's my motorcycle. It's got the wheels I told you about and the headlight and I told you about. And it's got one other thing I didn't tell you about. It's got a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I was so drunk. And she's Surprise. like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool motorcycle. And I was like, oh, you really like my motorcycle. That's awesome. She was like, well, since your motorcycle is so cool, what's in your room? I was like, I just got done building an arcade machine in my room. And which, in fact, I did. I built it from scratch. It's a nice little Mortal Kombat 2 arcade machine. It broke this night. So she's like, oh my God, I need to see it. And I was like, okay. So... I crawl up to my room on all fours with her behind me walking normally because my room is upstairs. And so we get up to the third floor and I'm like, right this way, milady. And so we walk over to my door and I'm fumbling with the key card. I get it in finally. I take her to my room and she's like looking at the arcade machine and in her head, she's like, this guy's such a fucking nerd. So Mm -hmm. we go into my room and she's like playing with it a little bit. And then she's like, oh my God, I love it. And I was like, oh, thank you. I love it too. That's why I built it. <laughs> She's like, how'd you build it? I was like, with screws. <laughs> the one She's component. like, oh my God, you are so handy. How did you get the screen to work? I was like, I plugged it in. <laughs> Drunk me is such a fucking sarcastic asshole. But then she's like, oh. She's like, do you want to lay in your bed and I'll play your game? I was like, sure, I could use some rest. So I sit there, I lay in my bed, I lay, I'm literally sprawled out, shoes on, everything. I'm a mess. And she comes over and turns on off the light. And I'm like, what is happening here? She's like, oh, I'm just helping you go to sleep. (laughs) She then rips my clothes off and goes to town on me. And I'm just sitting there. I was like, I literally said like halfway through it. I was like, what's happening right now? <laughs> what is this? She's like, you're so good at this. And I was like, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> she then leaves my room afterwards. And I'm still butt ass naked. I'm putting shorts on, right? I'm putting my underwear on. And guess who comes beating my fucking door down? on she comes up to my green room and she's like were you in my green room i was like yeah (laughs) she's like why were you in my room with some bitch and i was like first off who are you to come with me with this attitude she's like uh you were in my room and i was like well she told me it was her room it's that kind of like she told me she was 18 kind of i didn't get a say in it i'm drunk as as you can see and then my neighbor comes out hearing the the commotion and sees me in my boxers and then Look, sees her and he gets the complete wrong idea right so he's like is oh, he trying God. to hurt you at all i was like whoa 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 
whoa, she came at me first. <laughs> that was not what needed to be said, right? So he calls the cops. Oh, no. And the cops come up and they can arrest my ass. Because they were like, there was a call saying that you were abusing this woman. And I was like, well, who told you that? And he was like, the guy across the hall did because he asked you if you were hurting her. And then you said she came at you first. And so now y'all are both arrested and we're going to take you down to the station for some questioning. Not arrested, but detained. You know how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And my drunk ass, still in my underwear, is in a police station. It's oh, like, just like, can I put on some pants? And they're like, no, you can't. I was like, please. And so my first sergeant comes down and he's like, Boggs, oh, what the? F- Why are you naked? I was like, well, you see, um, I'm drunk as shit. And he's like, did you do something wrong? I was like, I don't know. And then I blacked out. <laughs> oh, no. The best place to black out. And then I woke up in my room. So I was like, okay, cool. So yeah. (laughs) So at least she didn't like get detained overnight. Yeah, at least. But yeah, that is, that is (laughs) what I would not do sober is have say yes to everything. (laughs) Okay. That went for fucking ever. My bad. I talk a lot. I have ADHD. Sorry. Um, But I'm a great storyteller. everyone and welcome back to the wine and shine podcast it is your host luna i have to vent for a second because hear me out so i'm taking this american literature class and i'm pretty sure the universe is probably like um yeah girl you need to calm down but i'm taking this american literature class and it is really hard um american literature literature itself is not hard like you get to do a lot of reading you get to read a lot of poetry you get to understand you know all of that fun stuff but with this class it it just wasn't happening if you follow me on twitter you'll see me complain about it i had to send my professor an email in all caps mind you (laughs) in order to get him to help me because i was just desperate and everybody in the class failed their midterm so there's that but i'm done venting about that but i hope you guys enjoyed your halloween i had a very 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 fun halloween i got to spend it with my boyfriend he took me over to his job and they had this Halloween little ordeal set up and it was super fun and I had a blast and my costume this year was going to be Maxine from X but that costume was a little bit inappropriate. I could have made it more appropriate but I wanted to go all out with that so I settled for Patrick Bateman, a female version of Patrick Bateman mind you. So that's what I did and I had such a blast and then I got really high and that <laughs> I mean, it was, but you know. So anyways, speaking of high, um, I am drinking wine right now, of course, because this is the Wine and Shine podcast. I'm currently drinking Underwood, the bubbles of organ grown or something like that. It has 11% alcohol in it, and that's all that really matters. So I'm going to take my first sip here. Very good. I definitely do love me some wine, and doing this podcast and everything and talking 
and drinking wine at the same time. That is the kind of job that I want to have like the rest of my life, honestly. But anyways, since it is now November, well, actually wait, let me talk about Halloween Ends real quickly. My opinion of that movie is that it was absolute trash. I did not like it at all. I mean, I watched it like maybe five or six times trying to give it a chance and I just couldn't get into it. I would love to know you guys' thoughts on it. I've heard mixed reviews. Some people thought it was good. Some people thought it was bad. Some people thought it was absolute trash. It was just everywhere in between. I didn't really have a problem with the whole um, Corey Cunningham character. I thought that was a very unique angle to bring to the franchise. However, it was unnecessary. Um, I think that if they had introduced Corey in an earlier movie in the franchise, maybe people would have warmed up to the idea. But nobody can ever be Michael Myers, and that's just the honest truth. Um, I definitely missed him a lot in that movie, and he definitely delivered in Halloween Kills. Like, he literally killed a lot of people in that movie, but, you know, I guess even Michael Myers needed a break from that, even though the movie takes place four years after all of those events. But overall, I didn't like the movie, and it's highly disappointing, and I don't know if this is going to be the last Halloween movie. They always say it's going to be the last Halloween movie, and then they announce another reboot, so we'll see. But I definitely think that in terms of horror, movies, there didn't really feel like there was any horror elements to Halloween Ends. It just felt empty to me. But let's get back into November. I want to turn my attention to gratitude because I feel like gratitude is the right attitude and I've always read and I've always heard how important it is to practice gratitude. Not just because of Thanksgiving, but just in general. But I know that Thanksgiving is the time where people really, really reflect on what they are grateful for. And I am grateful for everything in my life, to be honest with you. I can't really pinpoint just one or two or three specific things. I am just grateful for everything. All of the good things, all of the bad things, and everything in between. All of the bad things shaped me into the person that I am right now. All of that allows me to continue to grow and hopefully become a better person and to know better from my mistakes that I've made in the past and I'm grateful that I have learned those lessons and honestly I don't think a lot of people think about that or maybe they do but if you kind of flip the perspective you can shift your thinking and just shift your entire life and I think that is something that is truly amazing. November is definitely one of my favorite months because October, November, and December are considered to be the Holy Trinity months and everything. And it's just my absolute favorite time of the year. However, where I live, we don't get real falls or winters. That's just Texas for you. It's just not like that. It doesn't vibe like that, but I wish that it did. Back to the importance of gratitude and everything. I think that it is important for you guys, not just myself, to be grateful for the bad things and the good things because it shapes you either way and things can be taken away from you within a snap of a finger so you know you want to practice gratefulness like I'm grateful for the education that I'm getting even though it's extremely hard and college is expensive and I've heard that in the UK college is free I don't know what America is doing but I wish that it was I feel like a lot of people would go to college if they could afford it. My dad didn't go to college because he couldn't afford it. And that's just plain sad. So therefore, I am grateful that I am receiving an education and I am able to do what I love or I will be soon, which is becoming a nurse. 
med school is no joke, I'll tell you that much. It's definitely going to be worth it, and I am going to stick with it. But for November, I think the topic is going to be gratitude. I feel like that would be a good thing to focus on. I'm also grateful for my job of voice acting. Now, I don't get a whole lot of work as of right now, but the opportunities such as this one, I am super, super grateful for because I have a good time doing it. I have fun. Podcasting gives you a whole lot of freedom and a whole lot of creativity. And sometimes I just come up with ideas off the top of my head and I genuinely lose focus of what I want to talk about. It happens, but I've also been grateful for the lessons that I've learned in my life, such as learning that this podcast ideally was supposed to be about life from my perspective as a woman, and I learned that men can definitely hurt as well, and men do have feelings. It's just such a taboo thing to me to realize that, no, not a lot of people get that. Because, you know, when you think about men, you just think about, like, well, masculine, manly things. But I'm grateful that I've learned that there's so much more to that and that everybody's human. Everybody's the same. Everybody has hurt feelings or hurt ego or hurt whatever. So it's just a little crazy. I'm grateful for the funny trolls on Twitter who are attacking Elon Musk because it's really quite funny to me how people are like, oh, boo, Elon, boo, whatever. I don't know. It's just crazy to me. But <laughs> that's the funny thing to be grateful for is it's just sometimes you got to laugh because people are funny and they do make you laugh and we all need to laugh more. So therefore, I'm grateful for laughter. Um, I laugh at the weirdest things. I have a weird sense of humor. I'm pretty sure we all do, honestly, when you really think about it. I'm glad that I got to sit here and record this podcast and I shared a little bit about what I am grateful for. But thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I enjoyed recording it and I will talk to you guys next time. And thank you for tuning in to Wine and Shine. Okay, so next question, boys. Who is your one that got away? The one girl who you were like, man, if I was just like, did this better, did that better, whatever. I'm going first. Ethan, Steve knows the story behind this. This is horrible. So I was talking to this girl. Oh my God. Yeah, she was really nice. She ticked like all my boxes and stuff. But, like, I wasn't feeling it at the time. I was only young. I was in high school, kind of fresh. And I was talking to this girl who was more promiscuous because the girl I was taking a prom, the girl in question, who was not promiscuous, she was really nice, but, like, she was, like, the kind of girl to wait till marriage kind of thing or whatever. And I was like, nah, I like this girl that's promiscuous. So I took the nice girl to prom. Uh-huh. And she's like, let's go to this party where invited to i said oh okay let's go so i go to the party she gets out of the car and i close the door behind her i say yeah i'm going over to my friend's house to play video games i'll see you later right after prom mind you so i just leave her ditch her at this one party find out two years later that she only invited me there to like bang my guts out or whatever oh my gosh <laughs> and we never really talked after that and me and the promiscuous girl never hooked up and then I got a girlfriend right after and let, just lost contact with the girl that I liked and we haven't talked to this day. Rest in peace, the one that got away. <laughs> it, it do be how it is.
What about you, Steve? It's I I don't know if I've ever had one that got away. I've never like all through school and stuff. I never like there's been people you know I liked and whatever, but I've never I've never once I don't think I've ever once actually regretted. There there was not one one single woman or man where you were like, God damn, if I could wake up to that face for the rest of my life, I'd be happy. And then just like it just didn't happen. No, I could, well, I mean, like like I said earlier. What I was thankful for was my girlfriend. I feel like I'm very happy where I am now. Oh, well, Paul, you, man. The choices that brought me here what are, are those. Man. Man, so. <laughs> Better than the rest of us. All right, Mayhem, what about you? Honest to God, I don't have one that got away. I'm currently with the most amazing girl in my life. All right, just because you're going to show this podcast to her doesn't no. mean you have to suck up to her. No. Yeah, they're a no, bunch of no, losers. No, 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 we've been together for both, almost four years. Oh, sh- Damn, almost longer than almost me. Almost five years. Wow. <laughs> uh, it was almost. It's almost four or five years. Um, and like she's put up with me throughout all my stupid and everything. And like, if I ever did lose her, that would be the one. That'd be the one that got away. If I ever lost her, yeah. Alrighty. Well, to make up for Steve and to add up on mine, I have two. Okay. So one, her name was Olivia. Uh, I met her at this like family thing that my mom took us to. She was bad crazy. Uh, kind of like my ex-wife, but worse. But at the time <laughs> she, she, I didn't know she was and she didn't live that far from me. So every once in a while I'd go over to her house and, uh, she, she got me high the first time I ever got high. She got me high. That was fun. But this one time she called me over to her house. She was like, Hey, I'm having really lots of trouble with defeating this final boss in this video game. She was like, I know you play video games. So can you come over here and try? And it was dark souls. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm down. So I hop in my car and I go about 90, not to go and get laid, but to go and fight this final boss for her. <laughs> Cause I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> but so I get there, right? And I'm playing this game, right? I'm, I'm vibing and I'm kicking ass, dude. Having getting got hit once. I get a Facebook notification. It's like, ding. My boy, John texts me. He's like, Hey, are you at Olivia's house right now? I was like, yeah, I'm over here playing video games. What's up? He's like, <laughs> Hey, you want to look up a bit? And I was like, I am. I'm playing video games for her. She had trouble oh, with this no. boss. He's like, nah, like look up at her. And I was like, why? He was like, you'll see. And I was like, this dude's being weird. So I get back to playing the video game, right? Oh my God. Uh, and then the intrusive oh, thoughts no. hit me. I'm like, what if she's doing something weird? What if she's dying right now? And I'm just like too zoned in. So I look a little bit. She's got her tits out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? And then like halfway through that night, she's like, hey, have you ever touched any ass? I was like, nah, went back to gaming. Oh my God. Uh, I did That's just how it, how it happened. <laughs> I go back home and my boy, John, he texts me. He's like, hey, did you hit that? I was like, hit what? I was like, I killed the boss. Oh, he's like, bro, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> and then my second one would be Rachel Rayford. She was super awesome, super amazing. And honestly... I wish she could have been the one, but she wasn't. She moved away and she was the one who got away for sure. She was amazing. <laughs> she literally was like stunning. Like every time I got to school, she played the flute. She could sing. And every time I saw her face, dude, I was, I, I froze up because she was a junior. I was a freshman. And then she's like, she'd talk to me every day at fucking lunch. And I'd be sitting there eating my fucking Cheetos. And here Rachel comes over. She's like, hey, did you know God loves you? And I was like, that's your way of telling me I never have a shot with you. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was the one who got away. Damn. 
Alrighty, so I feel like I could, I could, I might be able to pull a story if you want. I think I have one that I could probably. You think you out. have one? Pog, hit me with it. So. Construct one. So, like when I was in, it was um, I'd say it was in, I think it was junior high. I think it was. So a girl asked me out uh-huh. to go to to go to prom in, in junior high, like the junior high prom or whatever, and um, I was like, yeah, sure, thinking it was just us hanging out with prom, right? And then after that, um, a few days go by, and she's like. You haven't really been talking to me. I was like, well, it's not prom yet, so why would I talk? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I didn't realize, we, you know, that was where it's going. I was like, you should come hang out with us at lunchtime. And I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, no, I'll come hang out with you at lunchtime. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I, so I, I go to hang out at lunchtime, and I show up with all my friends. Yeah. And she's oh, like. Oh, no. She, she's like, what? I did, like, we're hanging out. And I'm like, yeah, I brought, I brought all my friends. And she's like, no, no, we're hanging out. And I think she's like, I was like, oh, she doesn't like my friends. I don't like her. So I left. That scenario, <laughs> and she got pretty mad, and and she was like, "I end things with you," and I was like, "Oh, is that what it was?" Did she f- Yu Gi Oh card you? She was like, "I end things." Yeah, it was. It was like, like I didn't even card. know they started, but it ended, and I was like, "Oh." And then I think a few years later, I tried to ask her out again because uh-huh. I felt bad and I wanted to make things right, and. T- to build up courage to ask her out, I listened to the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air opening three times. And that gave me enough courage to send the message just to get a uh, a no back. <laughs> so she just literally said F- you and just walked off. Yeah, and that was it. And then How f- rude! Never talked to me. Uh, she wasn't yeah. worth it. <laughs> she 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 sounded like a total bitch. She's a kid now, so I'm, I'm, I have I'm a question <laughs> for you, for my Canadian friends. Do you guys have hall passes? No, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Like. Like that one, like a like your top five celebrities that if you were to f- right now, like they just walked into your house, they were like, "Hey, Big Daddy, wanna?" F-? You fucked them, you wouldn't get in trouble if you were in a relationship. I know people do, but I I, I don't. I, I I don't really. There's no one. I don't think there's a celebrity. There's no celebrities that I really idolize enough to. Ryan Reynolds to even want one. Oh, Ryan Reynolds would probably be. And Michael Bublé. Yeah. What about you, Mayhem? Do you have like five celebrities that you? F- I do not. Oh well. It, it could just be a culture thing, right? Like, it could be. It's just an American thing. All right. Well, I'll list off uh, my five. America and Central Canada. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's hear yours. All right. So my five are <clears throat> <laughs> Numero Uno, Ryan Motherfucking Reynolds. Yep. Let's go. Number two, Billie Eilish. <laughs> there. There. Um. Number three. What's her fucking name? What's that? What's that chick's name from If I Stay? Well, I don't know. The bitch who, uh, hey, uh, computer, who's the main actress from If I Stay? If I Stay stars include Chloe Grace Moretz, Ray Enos, oh, and Chloe. Chloe Grace Grinettes, whatever the fuck she said. See, I know her more from uh, Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass? I know her from Diary oh, of yeah. a Wimpy Kid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> number four would be the chick from the AT&T commercials. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And then number five would have to be, like, Pokemon from Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> you guys always like moth fruitation gummy things, so like moth, like those like kid snacks, like the like like kid fruit snacks? snacks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have fruit yes, snacks. Okay, yeah. I be, I be, I be eating the fuck out of them, dude. The last, fruit like, snack, dude. Don't even get me fucking started on that. Get me started. I know Jay Tulos is. I'm sitting there eating for. I ate like four packs, dude. Any sort of gummy that you put in front of me, 
Like it could be a five pound bag. That's what I lived off of when I first started my divorce. Like the night she did what she did, I literally hopped on my motorcycle and I literally went to a gas station. I bought a five pound bag of gummy bears and I went into this hotel and I stayed there for like a week. And I, that's all I ate. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, five pound bag of gummy bears. Dude, I tear up gummies, dude. <laughs> oh, I can eat gummies for days. I got a bad sweet tooth. All right. Since you guys don't get adventurous in your minds, um, <laughs> if you could go on a night out anywhere in the world, where would you go? Budapest. Budapest? The nightlife in Budapest is absolutely insane. I guess. I, I would rather say, like, if you're talking about nightlife, I would go to Ibiza. Well, Ibiza is its own Ibiza's its own thing. I go to London if, with a spoon and get arrested. Right now, it would be Budapest. <laughs> go to London with a spoon and get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, if you go to Poland and burp, that's a good way to get arrested too. <laughs> yeah. Um that's the first thing our translator told us when we were when we got deployed there. Um they were like, hey, so just so you know, if you go out on the town and you burp, we're not bailing you out of jail. <laughs> yep, it's a legitimate thing. We we were told the exact same same thing on our way when we were in Poland. What about you, Steve? Where would you go on a night out if you could? A night out. Hmm. Feel like I mean, oh, that's a it's a hard question. I hmm. there's a lot of places I'd like to visit, but t- specifically for the night, I'm not sure. Dubai always looks really cool, but you have to be really rich, and I'm not really rich. And uh, you can't get public. I'd love to go to Las Vegas. I guess I know it's kind of like a, a basic answer. But oh, never come on it, down! So. I'll take you all to Vegas. That sounds awesome. All right, what about you, Vegas Jay? Time, baby. I'd like to go to London, go to all their little crappy bars that aren't legal. Like, I want to go to illegal bars. <laughs> a speakeasy or what? I don't know, like something out of John Wick. Even though that's <laughs> oh, not like said in America. Are you talking about like a... Yeah. Like a... A mob bar. Like a brothel somewhere dangerous. or whatever it's called where they have... No, not a brothel. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. We don't have them in America. I know they have them... Um, like, they have women that you can pay to sleep with. They have them in... Uh, in- and it, it, they have them in Poland. The show. They they have a TV show that I. Uh, I'd like to go to Taiwan. All the lady boys. <laughs> um, if I could go back anywhere, it would be back to Ireland. Cause, dude, I went to Ireland and we were there for like three days. Right? Never have I ever met more kind and interesting fucking people in my life. My first night in Ireland, I got told to go to this pastry shop down the street from our our little place where we were staying. So I go in this pastry shop. The first thing they asked me is like, hey, would you like something to drink? Not in that accent. They were all Irish. But I get handed this big ass chalice of beer. And they're like, all right, what do you want? I was like, dude, I could really kill for a brownie right now. He's like, coming right up. This dude slaps down a big ass thing of brownie on the thing. He starts putting out the dough, throws in the oven. He's like, it'll be right out, my man. I was like, pog, dude. And he gives me like this big ass tray of brownies. And I'm like, how much is this? He's like six bucks. I was like, dude, no way. He's like, yeah, no, you go on about your day and you have a blessed rest of your night, man. I was like, no way, dude. Irish people are awesome. (laughs) But yeah, that's what I would do. It does sound less. I, I also I, that is on my on, on my list of places to go, like Dublin and stuff and, like and that. We, and we do have an Irish guy in five eleven. Oh, you have a, a way there. Don't leave me alone with that man. Happy November! This is your host Alex Hopper, and welcome to Across the Circus. 
If you're new here, we usually start off with international news and come on closer to home here in America. So, let's get right into it. Our first story comes out of Iran from Amnesty International, where they are now calling for the UN to take action in the country after the Iranian security forces have killed eight protesters in less than 24 hours. Many of the protesters are now made up of mourners, who are mourning the 40 days it has been since the first protesters were killed by the Iranian forces. Hiba Mareyev from Amnesty International is quoted as saying, Failure to act decisively will only embolden the Iranian authorities to further crack down against mourners and protesters. Our next international story comes out of Somalia, where a car bombing has killed 100 people and injured 300. On October 29th, Al-Shabaab and Al-Qaeda-linked Islamist group set off two car bombs at an intersection in Somalia in response to the Christian-based syllabus that has been introduced by the president of the country. Many people have been hurt and others continue to be traumatized by these attacks. The president of the country does warn that these deaths will continue as long as Al-Shabaab is allowed to operate in the country. Our next story comes out of Nalje in the Philippines, where fearing a tsunami, civilians ran to the base of a mountain to avoid a tidal wave, only to be met with a mudslide. Twenty bodies have been recovered so far, but authorities are fearful to find 80 to 100 more people in the bottom of the mudslide. The area is known for horrible weather as well as tsunamis, and there has been multiple trainings in the area on how to respond to tsunamis. However, criticism has come on these trainings as they gave no sort of warnings for mudslides or other geohazards in the area. Our last international story comes out of South Korea, where in a Halloween celebration, 153 people were killed and 103 others injured in a crowd surge that happened Saturday night. Thousands of first responders have come to the scene to help those who were injured, as well as to extract the bodies of the 153 dead. Much cellular network help has also been provided by the country, and the president has been quoted as saying, Last night, a tragedy and a disaster that should never have happened did happen in the middle of celebrating Halloween. As the president who bears the responsibilities for the lives and the safety of our people, I have a heavy heart and the sorrow is too much to bear. The U.S. Embassy became involved after two of the dead were confirmed to be U.S. citizens. And now for our news back home. Our first news from home this week is the buying of Twitter by Elon Musk. After acquiring the company, Musk fired both executives and has announced to have a meeting with a group of people to decide moderation going forward, stating that he's looking for people from both sides to be able to come together and decide what is appropriate for the platform. Our second news story from home this month is the conviction of Daryl E. Brooks and the homicide of six people and the injury of 48 others and the attack on the Christmas parade last year. The crime Daryl Brooks is convicted on is driving his red SUV through the Wakusha Christmas parade. Each homicide carries a mandatory life sentence, while each reckless endangerment carries a maximum sentence of 17 and a half years. Sentencing has yet to commence. Our last story from home this month is the attack of Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi. He is recovering in the hospital after having his home broken into and being attacked by an assailant with a hammer. Rand Paul, who was also attacked in his home by a political activist, reached out to give his condolences and wish Nancy Pelosi Pelosi's husband well. He also called out Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who whenever Rand Paul was attacked, sent out a tweet stating that his neighbor was right, cheering on his attack. 
Rand Paul was quoted tweeting, No one deserves to be assaulted. Unlike Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who celebrated my assault, I condemn this attack and wish Mr. Pelosi a speedy recovery. Of course, only a coward goes to someone's home to settle political arguments. And that's it for this month's issue of Across the Circus. I've been your host, Alex Hopper. Stay safe, stay informed, and don't forget to turn the gas off before you go to bed. What do you guys have planned for Christmas? Get drunk. Make a well, fool I'm, of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm forced to stay at work because I'm work. Oh, not working on Christmas, but like I was gonna being say, in the yeah. department that I'm in. I'm not allowed. Oh to. yeah. I I I I, I have no replacement if I take time time off. Speaking so, of speaking of good customer service. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like yeah, so like I'm I'm gonna be here. Hell yeah. My girlfriend and her family, and it's going to be a cozy time. And I'm actually going to live stream Christmas Eve in the evening up until my birthday, up until like midnight, a little bit past. And have you, Yeah, if you guys didn't know, gonna, he's the second coming. <laughs> we're going to celebrate my birthday because I'm born on Christmas Day, right? So we're going to do like a just a little stream, like, hey, I'm 24 now. Our yeah. Lord and Savior, Jason Christ. Oh, yeah, man. he's just one letter up from JC. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that why I wear togas at parties now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about Lord. you, Steve? I'm going to be going home. Going home? Where's home? Cape Breton Island, which is where... Woo! But I'm going to, I'm gonna go where Jason is, but I'm currently out in Halifax. I moved up here for schooling, so I'll be heading home when my exams are over. I'll be spending time with family and my girlfriend. It's the plan. Which girlfriend? <laughs> Jay, no one is like you. We don't have a different girl every other night. <laughs> They're not my friends, so though. Huh? I keep them at an arm's length. You keep them at an arm's length until you're deep inside of them. I wouldn't say deep. What, you're not, you're not <laughs> going balls deep inside of these women? Oh, I am, but like. But the, only an inch down. <laughs> yeah. Only an inch down. <laughs> they call me the inchworm. The inch. <laughs> That's how I pull. That's how you pull. You're just like, hey, sub girl. Uh, they call me the inchworm. She's like, why? Is it because you can do the worm? No. Yes. Do you want to find out? <laughs> She's like, oh my god, sure, I would love to. And then she's like, my pickup line's always halfway. Uh, to, do you want to see the scar on my ball sack? Halfway to Jay's <laughs> house, she's like, so what is this a boot? And then Grin, you're like, you'll find out. A boot. I don't know. <laughs> boot? I only know from stereotypes. I don't know if that's how y'all say that. Nah. Dude, there's this, there's this guy who I went to college with. And I I had assignments with, and he's like, hey, hey how is it going, eh? Just wanted to let you know, eh, that I'm sitting there hanging out, eh? We're gonna go, we're gonna go out to, to bars, eh? Drink lots of liquor, eh? And I sat there looking, I'm like, can you please like, be less stereotypical? <laughs> and then Jay takes her up to his room, and he's like, hey, mom, see you in a minute. He takes her up to his room, throws her on the bed, and she, he's like, you're a boot to find out why they call me the one-inch worm. <laughs> Takes her pants pitch. off, sticks it in for a second, takes it out, nuts on her on his bed sheets, and then goes down and be like, "Mom, I need my bed sheets cleaned." <laughs> and that's the legend. <laughs> the, legend of J- <laughs> the legend of the one inch worm. <laughs> well, for Christmas, I'm probably so. Is that what we're talking about, Christmas? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> I have six people watching this stream right now, too. Oh, 
<laughs> but and probably like a hundred people are gonna listen to this or more. I don't know. At least a hundred oh, people. It's gonna be beautiful. Um, but tell all of your sisters and mothers I'm available. <laughs> Especially to Steve's mom, if she ever wants to learn about the legend of <laughs> the one-inch worm. No, she the negative. <laughs> The negative worm. Uh, like, it's literally negative. Like, if she ever <laughs> wants to find in. out what that means, Retracts. just tell her to hit me up. I'll, I'll take Get her. the US visa. I'll take her phone. Do you want. Can I call your mom real quick? <laughs> no, I, mean, I can't give her number. Uh, <laughs> just like, DM me. Can I call somebody's mom? <laughs> <laughs> nah, my, my, my mom, man. Damn it. And she'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Some guy named. Chuck called me. <laughs> oh, well. But yeah, so for Christmas, yeah. I already asked this girl. I asked her if she wanted to come with me because my work, I'm a little too important at my job. And they invited me to a Christmas party. And I was like, oh, Pog. They were like, you also need to bring someone. And I was like, oh, I know exactly who to ask. This is the best way to get into a relationship with this woman. And I was like, hey, do you want to come to this Christmas party with me? She was like, maybe. And then she looked at me and just like stared in my eyes. Like she was staring deep into my soul. And I was like, are you going to, is this, where, is this where you do it? And do I die here? And then she brought me a monster and left. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. But yeah, so hopefully I get to take her to the Christmas party. If not, I'm going to be streaming on Twitch, listening and recording episodes for the Out of Place podcast. We got a Christmas party coming up on the 19th. Pog. At oh, work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss those. Well, you, you, you're, you, I, think you're, I think you're technically invited. I mean, you, your girlfriend still works with us and she gets a plus one. Oh, I, yeah, true. I guess I, did, I can show up. I can't. Yeah, so, yeah, come on in. <laughs> I it's, guess they will be going. We're, and we're doing like, Wait. we're actually having like a, it's like a actual formal dinner and like dance. Jason, you work at the same strip club his girlfriend does? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on I Tuesday. I don't mean to insult but Jason's better. I was about, to, I was just about to say, I'm not I'm insulting your girlfriend. Nights, you know? I was just calling Jason a stripper. Just, uh, my, 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 my song is Pony by Genuine. You know, it goes like. Yeah, dude. How on it, my. <laughs> and you know, I just get up there and I just start just going rips on off oh. the shirt, twirls it above oh, his yeah. head, and just throws it into the lucky lady's lap. I wouldn't call them lucky. Like, have you guys ever seen that Family Guy episode where Quagmire comes a gigolo? Steve's girlfriend is the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's no, she's my manager. She's your manager. <laughs> she's the one who you have to pay to dance on a pole all day. <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> in a serious note so um <laughs> that about uh, wraps it up for this november episode um oh, yeah it was fantastic and also um it was great to meet you jay and steve even though i've probably already met you nice but my memory is terrible. as well i think this might be the first time we've ever actually sat in a call like i think we tech might have messaged in a group that i was in with you but i don't think ever... well it was great to meet you oh, too but it was nice meeting and you. what a fantastic yeah, way to break the ice other than these weird ass <laughs> questions <laughs> and me hitting on your mom um <laughs> steven's mom's gotta go she kind of do um but um, oh, I, had, I won the song with in my head, so I was like, Ugh. So, um, do you guys have any, like, links or plugins that you guys like to talk about real quick? Uh, go, 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 go subscribe to 511 Media on YouTube. Uh, we just hit 100 subscribers tonight, Woo! and uh, we're formally announcing 
Ducky as one of our members very soon. Ooh, Pog. I just dabbed uh, for the audio listeners. We got we got Ducky and, uh, <laughs> and we're going to be announcing Dr. Jonesy, who's also in this call. Hey. On as well. Um, yeah, so go subscribe to us. We want to hit... We, we want to... We want to build the community as fast as possible, and we want to hit 511 subscribers. Pog, that is as the our goal. next as our next goal. Pog, there we go. Jay, Steve, you guys got like stream links or something? Ah, not me. Uh, well, I stream on 511, and then I also stream on my. Well, I haven't put anything out on my main, my actual channel in a little while. But okay, so 511 uh, just kind of my other DLCs, gets everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotcha. Well out of placers thank you guys so much for listening it has been your best friend king ducky and the 511 boys i'm about to have to go dig steven up so he can upload this episode because i don't know any of his passwords he just had audacity up on his computer and so i just decided to get the boys in here and record an episode for you guys so before i go dig him up chris your hair is fantastic and the smell coming off of it is that lavender